This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. You do that every week. Every week. And Rich Preach. Okay. You're indifferent on apples. That's what a what a what a great fruit that you're just letting go by the wayside. What is your fascination with apples? They're fantastic. It's the fall. It's the apple season, man. And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig. He's Joe Lanza. Joe, what's going on? How are you? Doing good. Doing good. That's the last time you're going to hear those clips in the intro. We have a, uh, a fi- I don't know if they want to be secret, so I don't want, I don't want to uh, reveal their identity. But we have somebody that's been clipping parts of the episode and uh, giving us some good sound bites or whatever. So I'm going to try to move those in and out a little bit more often. So, you know, you got to listen live because you might miss, you know, the first debut of, of a brand new sound clip. So. Uh, you know, get on that, get on that Patreon so you can listen live. Come on. By Rich saying that, he pressures himself to make sure he does change. The exactly. Yes, because I always forget until the show starts, and I, I'll be honest, I've tried to for three weeks now, try to remember to uh, switch those out, and I keep forgetting because then the show starts, and I'm like, crap, I didn't change those out. Okay, those are the same. So, um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll, we'll change those out next week. So, and uh, got to start getting prepped for the uh, the, the the big tenth anniversary show. Joe, got to get a suit. Um, uh, get you know, get oh, fitted for a brand new camera. suit. We got to be on, you know, get some lights in this room for our, our big debut on on video. I'm I'm kidding, of course. So. I will not be on camera. <laughs> we always get people. There's, uh, I don't, you, you I know do not check out the YouTube comments, but I am always in the YouTube, and people are always just like. Oh, we got to see, you know, uh, it's boring to look at just an image. I got to see your guys' faces. I'm like, you do not want to see for three hours Joe and I's faces. No. No, you don't want to see that. I'm picking my nose. I'm petting a dog. I'm, I'm fucking around. You're naked. <laughs> like, what? no. Uh, people might want to see that. That's but... true. Yeah, I guess that's that might be a, a different tier altogether. So That's OnlyFans content, right? As I... Right now, I'm rubbing my uh, my nipples, Rich. <laughs> rubbing your... I was, was going to say temple, because I thought you were had a thought. No, rubbing your nipples. Okay, great. No, my little pinkies. That's yeah. right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, even in the in like I know it's a Texas, but even in the in the winter, you're still shirtless. No, absolutely not. Oh, okay, okay. I was curious. I, shirt- I, uh, in the summer, you are shirtless, though, right? Uh, I don't go shirtless much. I do go pantless. Pantless. Okay, we we've talked about this. So sometimes yeah. it's it's usually underwear, but there are occasions where you're just full on. No, I don't think um just you know free swinging. Okay, but okay, uh, okay. I, I very rarely go shirtless. I I will go pantless. And, you know, but uh, no, I'm never like the full Winnie the Pooh look with just the shirt. <laughs> For some reason, I swear you said you did that once. And I, from that point forward, I've always, I've no. always thought of you, being like, you so you're like walking up the stairs, like walking up the stairs, being like, all right, TLB, I'll be back in a little bit. Got to do the show. And you're just wearing your, your oversized red shirt, just like Winnie the Pooh, and just nothing. Just. So you've been under the impression that you're doing this show, and I'm on the other end, just balls a dangling. Yeah, kind of. And I don't, I don't know if you ever said that. I feel like you did, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I did. I okay, well, I maybe did. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a, a vision I had in my mind. But no, okay. So that's 
Yeah, I don't know why, but that, that that fascinated me that you're just, you know, walking up the stairs, coaxy in hand. All right, got to do the show, you know. Daddy's got to work, bye. And you just close the door and you're just, you know, <laughs> just completely pantsless. I don't know. Yeah. No, I guess because you that. always say like pantsless. I when, when you say to me that indication is that you're not wearing because like I don't know I'm wore, I always wear basketball shorts when I do this show. But would you consider that pants? I guess that is pantsless. I don't have no, pants that's, on. That's so. pants. No, that's pants. You could leave the house in that. Okay. Oh, you're so you're you got underwear though. You got boxers on. Or I guess I shouldn't assume what what underwear Jolanta wears. I'm a boxer briefs guy. Boxer briefs is there a brand of choice that because uh, they don't sponsor us anymore, so you don't have to you don't have to plug Mac Weldon. <laughs> but uh, good opportunity for Mac Weldon if you want to get guys want to get back in the game. I'll uh, maybe I'll I'll timestamp this and send it to him. But uh, yeah, you do not have to have brand loyalty to Mac Weldon. But uh, what is your your boxer brief of choice? Maybe we can uh, pitch them on, on getting an ad on these shows. That was at least eight years ago, Mac Weldon. <laughs> no, not eight. Had to be no, like five. Maybe that was our very first sponsor. Do you know that was Mac? Well, I'm tr- yeah. yeah, 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 because I here's how I know this. I was so excited that we were going to get paid to do this that I remember tweeting out a teaser that it was going to be some kind of, you know, underwear apparel company or whatever. And everybody thought it was me undies. Oh, because they were but in the game. Was, yeah, they were big in the game. Then. They were in the game. Then remember me undies was on like every podcast in the world at that time. And then, uh, it, and then we disappointed everybody by it being Mac Weldon, and they gave us. That's a quality was, shit. I still wear some of their stuff. I do too. I have the zip up hooded sweatshirt, the famous zip up. Oh hooded my sweatshirt god! Story. Yes, that. Oh, we got to so, You know what? Well, Honestly, we might want to save that one. If we do do so, a tenth anniversary, that might be a pretty good story to bring up. But the the, the time when Rob McCarron officially decided, "Fuck your lens and fuck this website," I'm done. Well, you know, I mean, you effectively just told the story. Yeah. So they gave us like. So it was this show and Shake Them Ropes at the time hosted by McCarran and Hawkins. So we were the only two shows in the mix, and they gave us like one giant lump credit to get an item. They're like, here's X amount of dollars. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right? So you went on there and got like, I don't know, fucking socks. Or I, got, I got a polo shirt and uh, two pairs of underwear. So I got a polo shirt and two pairs of underwear. Okay, and Hawkins got whatever he got. I logged in. And what did Lanza do? Hey, listen, these are free goods. I got the most expensive item available. The hook, the, the, the I mean, this thing was like $125, wasn't it? Yeah. It was something <laughs> ridiculously overpriced. Like the underwear itself. Mac Weldon, good quality stuff. Uh, I don't even know why I'm putting them over. Well, I guess I'll put them over just on the outside. It's quality stuff. Uh, the, the, the polo, great. Still wearing it to this day. The, the boxers, still wearing them to this day. I think I actually wore them today. Um, but these were expensive things. Like these boxers were like 30 bucks. This polo was like, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. And I was like, oh man, I'm like right over a hundred dollars. Like I better just chill. That's, that's enough for me. And you know, it was X amount of dollars. And I'm like, all right guys, yeah, stuff's kind of expensive. So, you know, just so we make sure that we all have enough between the four of us, like, you know, keep that in mind. Boom. Here goes Joe Lanza with his $150 zip up hoodie or whatever. No, I, listen, I don't know what it cost. All I know is it was very expensive. <laughs> and the key part of the story here. Is I used up like every last nickel of the credit they gave us. Yeah, so, so me and Hawkins went in there. We got our things, and yeah. then I was like, "Joe, all right, your turn." You're like, "All right, let's do it." And, just... and I'm like, "Oh, we have this amount left. Oh, the zip up hooded sweatshirt is cost the same. <laughs> I'm gonna get that." And then McCarran logs in. He has zero dollars, <laughs> and he gets nothing. So McCarran gets nothing out of the deal, and he was hot. Like he wasn't doing a bit. <laughs> no, no, he, he was legitimately upset over it, he, and right, and rightfully not. so. For He's the record, not, yeah. rightfully so. He got nothing. 
he got nothing. So, and I'm still enjoying that hoopa. It's a navy <laughs> blue. I still enjoy it to this day. Uh, you know what I also used to do all the time, and now I can admit it because it's like seven years later. Um, who did we did we have Hello Fresh? What was the box? Uh, yeah, Hello Fresh was the uh, was the meal delivery service we had. Yes, that was the brand we because I know there's a million of them. So we had Hello Fresh for a while. That and, was um, man. I wish they would sponsor us. Again. Are you sure? Are you are you sure it was Hello Fresh? I'm Hello positive Fresh, it was Hello Fresh. Right? Yes. So we had Hello Fresh for a while. And I would steal those codes like nobody's business. I was getting HelloFresh boxes at one point almost daily to the house because I was stealing codes. Because, like, then you guys would try to claim the codes and be like, ah, fucking HelloFresh giving us these bad codes. No, I was just stealing all the codes. And I was using them first. Sorry, Blue Apron. Blue Apron was the one we had. I we, knew it wasn't yeah, HelloFresh. So, sorry, I'm getting podcasts mixed up. I did actually get sponsored by... Over and back podcast, not to you know, toot our own horn. That was hella fresh, but this same is shit Apron. anyway. Yeah. It's all the same shit. So it was Blue Apron, and I was. Well, I don't know st- if they're in business anymore. To be honest, let me find out if uh, if Blue Apron is in business anymore. That's uh... so when all you guys were writing nasty emails to Blue Apron and telling them that the codes didn't work and they were apologizing and sending more codes. That's because I, because I'm up all night would steal the codes when the emails would come in at three in the morning. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And I, and I was getting box. I didn't buy groceries. For like <laughs> that was the months. best. Yeah. I, I really miss those days. There, there was a good three months where I didn't go to the grocery store one time and we had delicious meals constantly. You got to remember I was single at that time. So those, those blue apron boxes, I mean, I'd get, you'd get three meals per box, but they were all meals for two. So if I was getting two or three of those things at a time because I was stealing all the codes, I, yeah, I was just cleaning up. I mean, I, my refrigerator was just stocked with fucking <laughs> Blue Apron meals for months, months upon end. And it, it, I'll be honest, it actually wasn't a great deal for for the nurse and I. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it; it was great to have. But like, the problem was is is they were uh, they, they they were good. Por- they were the portions that like normal humans should probably eat, type of thing. But what would always happen after a Blue Apron meal is we'd eat it. Our plates would be empty. She would look up at me. I would look it up at her and go, I'm starving. And then we would. No, you know, you know what? You're not wrong because they were actually for two, allegedly, but it was just enough to feed. Yeah, it was one of those things. We'd split them up on the plate and I could see and I'm like, "Ah, yeah, that's that's going to work. So I I probably didn't. I probably gained weight when we had Blue Apron because then we would just go to like Little Caesars or something. You know what I mean? Something that was we had to get something just quick and dumb and stupid just to kind of give us that last little bit uh, of filling. Because, yeah, we would put those forks down and just go. Nah, like yeah, these, these meatballs yeah. were fantastic, or whatever. This, you know, this this you know salmon dish that they have, this uh, you know crusted salmon dish is is fantastic. But like, I am starving. Like, we just got done making this thing. We just got done trimming all this garlic and doing all this shit for for an hour. We ate it, and now I'm starving, and I need to have. Let me tell you something. Blue Apron loves to make you chop garlic. <laughs> I got a garlic there, chopper now because of them. Is- I now have a garlic chopper, and it is fantastic, <laughs> and it saves me a ton of time. There is nothing Blue Apron loves more than to make you chop garlic. It's it's incredible. Every one of their meals requires garlic, and they give you that fucking fresh garlic bulb, and you have to sit there and, cr- and uh, chop garlic for every meal. Uh, th- the only time a Blue Apron meal would sufficiently fill me was when it was pasta-based. Those seem to be substantial. Yes. Yeah, Anything yeah. else, though, forget it. I still have every one of those menu cards, and I refer to them now and now. Oh, absolutely. There's a few. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we circled a few, and we kept uh, – yeah, there's uh, – yeah, I could probably go get it if I needed to. But uh, If I showed a- you, you'd be disgusted because, again, I stole all the codes, so I have hundreds of <laughs> Yeah, because I have like five, so, no. so I don't have that no. many. So. No, it takes up like at least a good – 
seven, eight inches on the bookshelf <laughs> you of son just of a the bitch. menu cards. Yeah, absolutely. These, those poor folks at Blue Apron, too. Yeah, I, you're really something else because they got a lot of email. And I'm a pretty nice guy, but like, I thought they were fucking with us. So I was like, all right, this right. is ridiculous, guys. Like, you're sponsoring our shows. You're telling me to buy this stuff. You're not giving it to me. I, you know. You're like the codes don't work, but they would always send new codes. It's they like would, yeah. They screwed. they kept always sending new codes, but now, yeah, now I feel like even more of an asshole. This, these these poor venture capitalists. What are they going to do, yeah. Joe? So. And I'd always, ple- I'd be like, oh, I don't know, guys. I used my code. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, mine worked. You know, meanwhile, I'm using everybody's codes. It's a tremendous hustle. I had several different emails set up. It was a whole fucking racket. But uh, listen, I know a good deal when I see one. You know, so I had some hard times during those days. I, you know, yes, yeah, geez, I don't know. You know, I had some hard times during those days. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. So there were specifically points in my history where I needed those blue apron meals. So I did what I had to do. You didn't have a ton of time uh, to make food either. So I'll, uh, I'll let, I'll let you slide, I guess, on that one. So yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. There's a Joe and Rich (laughs) Barry slash put over old sponsors. (laughs) How about Bloom That? Remember that Bloom was my that? favorite. Bloom That was fantastic. I don't know why they sponsored of beautiful, us. Bouquets of beautiful flowers they would send us. So I would go on these Tinder dates and I'd be seeing multiple women at the same time. So I would I would meticulously break up the bouquets down to like single or double uh, flowers and then use them to woo multiple women at once. That was my move with the bloom that bouquets that they would send. You, of course, could just give it to the nurse, and she thought you spent hundreds upon. Oh hundreds yeah, of yeah, and it, it was like flowers. right around. They, they sponsored us right before Valentine's Day, so I think it was like the first week of February or the second week of February or whatever. And I was just like, "Honey, you know, I know it's not Valentine's Day yet, but this is all yours." And yeah. and she, to the nurse's credit, she gave it like f- maybe four or five minutes of like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you did that." And then she went. Is this a sponsorship for the podcast? And I was like, I, I, she caught me. Like, how, what was I supposed to say? Oh, uh, you eventually got caught, huh? Yeah, I got caught. I, pretty, it did not take yeah. her long because she's like, wait a minute. This is a lot of flowers. And, and she knows, obviously, living with me, she knows I'm a little bit of a cheapskate. Like, I'll, I'll buy some nice flowers here and there. But these were, the timing was way off, too. She was like, why are you buying me flowers like two weeks before Valentine's Day? This is all strange. And I understand it. And then she caught onto it really quickly. And then also said, like I said, why the hell did they sponsor you guys? And I was like, you know, look. We're a big time podcast, is what I told her, you know. Well, you know, if you think we did about good it, on that, by the way, for the record, we did awesome on that sponsorship. So, so screw well, anybody who doesn't we, think that we're good on that. Well, we've got like ninety percent male listenership, and yes. they're all and they're all in the age range where they're either dating or married or whatever. So it's like that. That actually was a very smart sponsorship. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. that was that was a they they came back like multiple years for it was always around Valentine's Day when they would do it, and it was at least two or three years. That we had to bloom that. We don't get a lot of free shit anymore. I, I have 19 manscaped razors. <laughs> yep. But I but that's like we don't get like No, they don't they don't give you anything anymore, man. Like what's what's my bookie gonna send you? You know what I mean? Like we don't get free shit anymore because we don't have and, and the other thing is a lot of these companies don't sponsor podcasts anymore. That's the other big thing. Uh that was real popular when the all the podcast uh entities were fudging their numbers. And then when they all got caught and everybody's downloads. <laughs> I, I would like to think that we actually had 70,000 people listening. <laughs> yeah. so. There was we- a few numbers that came in that I was like, no way. But then yeah. like, you know, the, the, the company would be like, no, that's what you guys got. And I'm like, look, all right, <laughs> if you yeah. guys say it. Whatever. And that, this was this was industry wide, though. Yes, like, exactly. All, yeah. There, and- podcast number. And then my whole stance on that was I don't think that many people are listening 
But if the sponsors think that many people are listening, it's, that's all that matters. It's like the Nielsen thing. Everybody says, oh, Nielsen's dumb or it's stupid or they're just doing this or they're just doing that. And I'm like, look, I don't really give a shit if the number – if the sponsors are caring about Nielsen and the networks care about Nielsen and that's the number they use, that's the number they use. And that's that was my yeah. stance on the podcast game. I can be a little dubious about the, the uh, sheer number uh, that they're giving out, but if that's what the sponsors are buying off, that's what the sponsors are buying off. So. <laughs> But there's a massive hit to the ego when all that regulation came in and yeah. then the numbers came down and then we're like, oh, that's the real number? Like, that's disappointing. But I don't even trust those numbers either. I trust nothing when it comes to podcast numbers. I just – I don't even barely look at them anymore. Like, I used to be – remember, I'd look at them like every day, refresh, refresh. Oh, what are we up to? Today? Like, I I look maybe – yeah, th- that's when you would say, we got to talk Sasha. We got to, every time we talk Sasha, we get, you know, X amount more. We, and that's true. Russell Kingdom and Sasha Banks, man. That was podcast gold. Yes. You put Sasha Banks in the description, <laughs> downloads are up. It, it, it would work every time. Like, we've been such um, notorious WWE bashers for so long now that I don't know if that would work anymore. We should test it. One week, you should just put Sasha Banks in the description, even if we don't talk about her, and see what happens. Right, I yeah, don't think our yeah. regular our regular listeners won't care about that. No, no, no. Funny, yeah, it'd be a good test. Uh, to so see. just put all of the topics and then put plus <laughs> Russell Kingdom, Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. Yeah, just do the right. normal Sasha Banks, uh, New Japan Terminus. Yeah, you know that. Plus Sasha Banks exclamation point. Yeah, and just fucking actually put that at the end of every podcast. It's just plus Sasha Banks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Plus Sasha Banks. And if we get to if we get to a topic on Sasha Banks, we do. And if we don't, we don't. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just part of the game that you know we always have an idea that we're going to talk about Sasha, and you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. But you know, yeah. Not the so, worst idea. Um, yeah. Always use her as the thumbnail. <laughs> it's just always it's show it's our shocked faces with Sasha a, a picture of Sasha Banks. I mean that is a license to print money right there. I can't believe we never had Blue Chew. <laughs> We've had all the others. I emailed them too. I, I emailed them. We've had keep, we had keeps. Yeah, keeps is, is yeah, but you know. keeps didn't give us boner pills. No, and that's what I meant. That 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 was that was a bit of. I a want ego the free hit. boner pills. Yeah, I want the fucking. Hit. I want the overpowered boner. That makes me feel like I'm having a heart attack. That's what I want. I And Keeps didn't give us the boner pills. But Keeps did. Remember we were on some fucking onboarding call with them and they kind of said they were going to send us boner yeah. pills. Mm-hmm. But then they never sent us boner pills. What happened with that? I don't know. Well, because I, I, I wanted like because they were also like, yeah, if you have like a uh, hair loss or uh, ED, like let us know. And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like send them on over. I put both of our names in there. Like I'm sure they thought that nobody was going to respond because nobody wanted to admit they were yeah. bald or having trouble. <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah. Me and, me and Joe, definitely get us on that list. Get, send us these things right now, hold away. On. Like, I have a very, I have a I, very. Look, I, regardless of I, if it's true or not, I just wanted the free shit. You know, yeah, they, they were probably thinking, I think that they were shooting a shot here. Like, ah, no one, none of these guys are going to admit that they have ED, so we're not going to have to give right, any right. freebies. I, I, if that onboarding call was done, first reply out of the gates was, yeah, send it to us. Like, They don't know that I have a drawer full of Rhino 10,000. You, <laughs> right, right. you, you don't have to have ED to, to fuck with boner pills. They're just fun. So I, mean, um, I, was, I was willing no. to try the hair loss product, for the record, but. And whatever else came, whatever else, what other, uh, what any other benefits that came with the uh, the the keeps, you know? What what does Frank Thomas say in the? Uh, and she'll love it too. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, she'll in love the it. commercials, like you're damn right. I'm, I'm Doug Flutie being like, yeah, listen. no, I've never felt better. And then yeah, and and she'll love yeah. it too, you know. Andy Vance like, yeah. and then <laughs> as he elbows the, the woman, woman, yeah, he's gonna fuck you real good. 
Right, exactly. That poor woman and who's she, just sitting there. All these ex-athletes the are talking about their giant boners. But no, those women always have like that shy look on their face. Oh, that's like, true. Oh, Is yeah, that Frank I'm Thomas? <laughs> no, but af- af- always after the she'll love it too line. Yeah, they, they, they do. Women. They love it. They like and the Dugs. Look, they love the Dugs giving got, the goods. She got the look on her face like, I am getting dicked down later. They got that look on their face. <laughs> right. They understand. Every woman enjoys a boner of steel. Don't make them think that. Don't make, don't let them think that they don't. So, um, what is this? You show? know, it's <laughs> this is Rich is tugging that collar. <laughs> collar. We're, we're if to- I was wearing a collared shirt, if I was wearing that Mac Walton collared uh, polo, I'd be tugging on it right now for sure. So, do you still have the Mac Weldon products? That's uh, oh, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think I wore the underwear today. To be honest, so you've got eight year old underwear. Holy oh, shit! Oh yeah, well they're they reliable. They're still good. A lot of the other oh, stuff, I'll tell you, the uh, a leading underwear brand, those things rip all the time. They fucking stink. I we were, we, were, we were still we were still following them on Twitter like a year ago, and I was like, "Fuck that! They're not paying me anymore." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Slapped unfollow real quick on those, uh, you know, dopey tweets that they were sending out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We just have a bunch of sponsors that don't have free goods anymore. No, yeah, that game might be over. The free yeah, goods they all game. learned. They yeah. learned quickly. Yeah. A lot of money I mean, loss. I, it's a lot of overhead loss immediately. So, yeah, you know. I get a Manscaped razor in the mail pretty much every other week. But other than that, how many – man? I have at least, like, no no, no shit. I have at least, like, three unopened Manscaped razors and yeah. one that's open. Uh, and remember the uh, Dollar Shave Club for a while, too, man. That was – they were uh, sending yeah. every single oh. – I, I think the nurse has, like, a bucket full of razors from yeah. Dollar Shave Club, which is – that was quality stuff. They've uh, – they've uh, I, I will say they don't sponsor us anymore. Their shit sucks now because uh, we were we then subscribed to them afterwards after they sponsored the podcast, so it ended up working for them. Uh, and the quality of the razors fell a lot. So, uh, you know, it. yeah. I still have original OG free razors that they sent me. Those are great. They, I might actually ask you because those were the nurse's favorite razors, and we can't find them. They don't make them anymore. Yeah. Uh, they changed their quality. They're like one blade now when they used to be three blades. Like I might have to have you send those in a box for us because she's dying to get those, and she's, she's hanging on to the last few ones that we have. And they're starting to get like I'm like you gotta be careful. She's like yeah, ah, it cut me. And I'm like you gotta change yeah. the razor. <laughs> they start to rust. <laughs> they're rusting. They yeah, rust. they're like in the shower and they're rusting. I'm like you gotta switch those out. Like, can't keep using those. She's like they're the best. I love them. Like you're bleeding. They're not the best anymore. Like they were the best, but they're not anymore. So she's using the same rusty blade like an Alcatraz prisoner. Yeah, I'm like oh, I know, I know. But then she got the new ones. She's like they don't shave anything. They stink. They're garbage. I'm like get it. I know. So but like you're bleeding. It's obviously not good. You know. So yeah. um, no, that does. Yeah, they start to get rusty. Yeah, I know. It's like you can't even. There's so much hair stuck in the. It's just a health hazard at that point. Yeah, she got. But listen, she's gonna have to just bite the bullet and go to the store and, and buy those bic, yeah. those dollar uh, seventy five bic razors <laughs> and, uh, and just deal with it. I, I I wasn't aware that their quality went in the shitter. I, did. I had, I I had no idea. Well. Any other sponsors we could bury? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to go down the list of anybody else. They sh- you should all re-sponsor us because then we will say very, very nice things about you. Do you, you wear the so. Manscaped boxer briefs that they sent? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. I don't wear them. I, I'm too proud. I'm not wearing Manscaped boxer briefs. Who's going to know? It. Nobody knows. It says Manscaped on like the waistband. Who's seeing your waistband? Someone might. I don't know. I might you know, lift my shirt to show off the eight-pack and people might see the waistband of the 
of the of the fucking underwears, and it's gonna say manscaped. And that's very humiliating. <laughs> it's to pretty humiliating. So they did send us so, a shirt too. I that shirt went right in the garbage. It says, "Do you, do you remember this shirt?" Oh, they sent the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was it said something ridiculous on it that I was like, "No one's gonna wear this." It has ever. some really it has some really bad pun about balls. Yes, and yeah, and I'm like, TL, no. TLB, TLB wears that to bed. <laughs> Incredible! Like, it's a comfortable shirt. I will admit, yeah. it's a comfortable shirt. It's like a men's large, so it's like uh, okay. So it says, "Manscaped, your balls will thank you." Yeah, she wears that to bed. So when we're like spooning, I'm looking at your balls. Will thank you. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. that's that's what she wears that to bed. Yes. Well, you know that honestly, so. that might have been their strategy. That may well, have that's actually, actually been there. That's a good advertisement for her. You know, for her. Punani, you know, your balls will thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then and then maybe, you know, maybe then that you know, shirt is basically saying, come get some big guy. Right. Your balls will thank you. Right. That's what I'm right. saying. They actually may have yeah. been genius. They because it it's a very comfortable shirt, but it, it, it's one that like a man wouldn't wear, but it's perfect for like uh you know, your the significant other in your life to to wear to bed. So it should say I shouldn't have thrown it out, huh? Shit. Well, too late. It, see, it, it, it should say swallow a Rhino 10,000 and your balls will thank you. And <laughs> you can just work everything in that. You know, you should partner with the people. Who, well, see, you probably can't partner with the people who make the Rhino 10,000 because they're, they're like illicit companies based in unregulated countries that send these pills here and they're not even – Sanctioned by yeah, they're the, uh, Barbados and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're so. very, uh, somebody, somebody in the chat room, uh, Samuel uh, said the horny goat weed at the gas station. Have you ever tried the horny goat weed? I've seen that for years, my entire life okay. growing up. I've seen did the horny I, goat weed. Did I ever tell you the boner pill hustle? The gas station boner pill hustle. Um, I don't recall, but go ahead. We have nothing I else. We have literally it. nothing else to talk about. So go ahead. Okay, here's how. Here's how gas station boner pills hustle. And now, okay. and that horny goat weed is. Just another one of the many gas station boner pills. It's right? also an ingredient in many of the boner pills. Got it. Here's, okay. Okay. Here's how the boner gas station boner pills work. None of them are, like I said, like passed by the FDA. Like you, you know, none of them are like FDA approved. Yeah, they're all like they're they're considered supplements or whatever. So or, or what, I don't know what they're what they're classified under, but yeah, they're from weird countries and they're not. They're not considered medical. They're they're some sort of supplement, or I forget the terminology. That they I would can use, explain but. to you. As long as you stick to certain herbs and things like that, it's fine. Right, right. That's why they can get away with selling them. But here's what the boner pill companies will do. And I researched this and I learned this. That's very smart. Every ninth or tenth pill or so, they're putting legitimate boner pill Viagra strength medicine Ooh. in the pill. So, and they're not allowed to do that. And I'm going to get to what happens in a minute. So what happens is. But they come in like two packs though, right? They do. They do. But here's what, when you buy these pills, either at a gas station or a sex shop or whatever, you're basically playing the lottery. If you're getting just one that, that isn't juiced up with the dick steroids, it's probably not going to do anything. It's basically a placebo. You're getting just a mountain of herbs that just. It's probably not going to do anything for you. Maybe good for your heart health. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe all right for your heart health. But but if you get one of the ones that they lace with the Cialis or the Viagra, you get the skin-ripping boner. And then the way they see it, okay, now every 10th customer is going to buy another one because that one's going to work. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But then here's what happens. Every now and then the FDA or these agencies, they check. And if they find, if they catch them putting that shit in the pills, now that pill is banned. They can't sell that pill anymore. 
This is why you'll see, for instance, the Rhino line. There'll be Rhino 5,000, Rhino 10,000, Rhino 20,000, because Rhino 5,000 got caught. So they just changed the name a little and, and it reissue a pill under a different name to get around the fact that they got banned and the whole hustle starts over again. You see? So what they're doing is, is in every, every few pills, they're actually putting Viagra or Cialis or whatever to ensure that it works. Then they get caught and then the whole hustle starts over and, you know, it, it's a whole it, – it, it's all very, very illicit and illegal and fucked up. And if you can't have Viagra or Cialis for health reasons, like that's what you're getting with these pills. Like, yeah, yeah. Dangerous. You better be pretty careful. This sounds awful. It's, so. it's very dangerous. But that's the boner pill hustle. That's why some, when you talk – like you'll talk to some guys. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I tried that shit. That shit doesn't work. And then you talk to other guys and they're like, oh, my god, this fucking thing. The, my boner was so hard that I'm never using one again. Remember, that's what I said. Yeah, the rips. Yeah, you had the rip skin uh, issue. I had, I've never had a heart – I had the hardest boner. I don't. You couldn't have a harder boner than I had when I took this one pill this time. It was it was terrifying how hard this boner was. I thought my penis was gonna rip from the skin. My heart was pounding. I was sweating. I, I was like, "This is fucking insane." I must have got one that was laced with the good stuff that time. You know. So anyway, that's how uh, that's the boner pill hustle. If people are wondering. Okay. Well, hey, uh, if Rhino, whatever Rhino number wants to sponsor us, we are we are very eligible. We have a. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe has had an experience, and he'd love to uh, to tell everybody about it. So, um, yeah, anybody that wants to sponsor us, you're, you're you're more than willing. We're always, as Joe says, we're always open for business. So, and in a few years, you can get ripped like the rest of our sponsors. Just exactly, that's, yeah. Because well, well, hey, don't. The lesson here is don't stop sponsoring us, and then we won't rip you. So, I mean, take it or leave it. That's the, it is what it is. So, all right, let's uh, let's get into some of this uh, professional wrestling that's also uh, going on. Uh, so we have plenty uh, to get to. We're going to talk about Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, New Japan versus Noah. Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view. Yes, we're back to talking Impact, at least for this month. We'll uh, we'll see if after this review, if we're going to stick with uh, uh, Impact. Terminus, a new indie promotion starting this week. Uh, they have rules, and they have a pretty fun car, and they have a lot of stuff to like. So we'll talk a little bit about Terminus. Uh, if we get to it, Dragon Gate, there's some happenings in Dragon Gate uh, that we definitely uh, wanted to talk to. There's a uh, a juicy little uh, lawsuit here from MLW and WWE that I think a lot of people are probably just going, ah, yeah, it doesn't sound like that. I think it's got a little bit more meat to it uh, than a lot of people are giving credit for. But we'll see uh, what, what you think about it. Uh, we also have WWE's quote-unquote forbidden door, Joe, which... Uh, in my notes, I just say pump those brakes, everybody. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, let's first start off with uh, some uh, an interesting story no, that came out. No. Oh. Do you care? That's right, Rich. It's time for a brand new segment on the show. <laughs> Are you stealing a bit from? And it's called "Do You Care?" That's a, di- I... a bit from. What is that a bit from? This is original, baby. This is a Joe Lanza created bit, which I created earlier this afternoon. Will you just let me do Okay, thing, yes, please? go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So here's how this surprise game works. I give Rich Yeah, it's a definitely a Cheap Seats thing. Like, I definitely remember that from Cheap Seats. Joe Lanza, do I care? Go ahead, yes. Why do you keep stepping on my <laughs> just I can play the theme song from... I'm trying to entertain the listeners. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Okay, I don't know if anyone's done it before. I'm just <laughs> trying seats. to do it now. <laughs> the Sklars did it before, but anyway, go ahead. I give Rich a topic, and he tells me if he cares. That's how we play. Do you care? Do you, you want a music bed behind this, or are you good? Oh, my God. 
you, you know, you're real. You're I'm real just trying to work. produce this you know thing I, if you want. I don't need a music bed. Okay, okay. The Pro Wrestling Illustrated Year End Awards came out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Move to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more, next. So, Rich, I have to ask. Do you care? I guess you answered the question already. <laughs> Go ahead. I guess finish it. Finish it. That's fine. I did, yeah, I, I will say the, the folks at, uh, at PWI were very nice to me this week. I, I did uh, direct message them, and they, and they were very nice. So I'll give them this this benefit of the doubt for a bit. So. You already, you already you buried So, no, you do not care about the uh, PWI award winners for 2020. Uh, not really, no. no. <laughs> it's a slight step up from the PWI 500, which I absolutely do not care about, but uh, uh, the awards, I, I no, not really. Would you like to hear some of the winners? I would love to hear some of the winners, Joe. Yeah, let me know. The, uh, the wrestler of the year was Kenny Omega edging out Roman Reigns, mm. Bianca Belair, <sighs> and Big E. Excuse me? Any takes on that? Or? Uh, there's some bad nominees. That's all my take would be. Uh, Brian Danielson, not eligible, I guess. Or, uh, those are your top four finishers. Okay. Will Ospreay wasn't. Uh, on, oh, who? By the secret vote, uh, panel that votes on him? No, they were voted on by the readers, Rich, mm. of uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, tag Team of the Year was uh, uh, the Young Bucks. That's their third win. They edged out the Lucha Brothers, the Usos, and the New Day. Okay. Uh, Want to take a crack at match of the year, Rich? Match of the year for the PWI. Okay, I would say probably, and this is the whole year. Like they're, they're counting stuff from like recent, like December and stuff is 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 involved in this. I don't know the criteria. Okay. okay, first of all, I don't care either, so I don't know the criteria. <laughs> okay, no. all right. Uh, with that being said, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the one that's been pretty popular amongst everybody else: the the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers cage. Uh, no, it was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Oh, okay. The uh, the the lights out, lights out. On. Okay, that's yeah. That's well. That's a deserving match. That's fine. No, it's not. That's not even close to the best match of the year. What are you talking about? I liked it. I wouldn't. I mean, for the record, it's not my match of the year. But that's I, that, that's not too egregious. I mean, I just hope it wasn't like Roman versus Big E or something like that. I was I was nervous that it was going to be worse than that than, than Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker. But okay, uh, that's not the best match of the year. Come on. Um Feud of the year was Chris Jericho versus MJF. All right. Um, let's see. Most popular wrestler of the year was Ooh. CM Punk. Okay. He's on the cover, by the way. Punk and Britt Baker are on the cover of the magazine. Uh, the most hated wrestler of the year. You want to take a crack at that? Uh, one? Roman, right? No. Wow. They can't M- even win the negative awards. MJF. MJF. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out Baron Corbin, third runner-up. Um, comeback of the year, CM Punk. Got to be CM Punk, yeah. Most improved wrestler of the year. Ooh, most improved wrestler of the year. I don't. Is it some? Is it a weird one? Like, is it like Hangman Page or something like that that they made? Mm, he did not win, no. Okay, I'm trying to think of somebody that's probably has been good for a while, but the uh, the readers of PWI don't know that. Um, <laughs> I actually don't have a problem with this winner. I think okay, this interesting. Is- uh, Wardlow. Britt Baker. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. That's Solid. not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. 
Uh, this is a new one. Uh, indie Wrestler of the Year. Indie Wrestler of the Year as voted on by the PWI readers. Pretty easy if you really, if we cared enough to make this a long segment, you'd figure it out. It's Indie Wrestler tough. of the Year. Jonathan Gresham? Uh, Nick Gage. Nick, Nick Gage. Gage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, remember, in PWI terminology, I don't think Ring of Honor is an indie. So Gresham wouldn't have. Fucking um, magazine. All right. Inspirational wrestler. <laughs> Inspirational wrestler. Roman Reigns. No, it's going to be Roman one of these times. I'm going to keep guessing Roman until it's Roman. So He's been a heel all year. He's but he, he came back from cancer, right? Doesn't that deserve inspiration? I guess I guess he came back in 2020, so I guess he wouldn't count as 2021 anymore. So I don't understand this winner, honestly. Insp- most inspirational wrestler of 2021. I, have no, I honestly have no clue. Edge? What was inspiring about? I guess because he came back from the neck injury. But, okay, see, this is what I mean, though. He came back in 2020, right? Rich, I, I once again stress, I don't care either, so I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I feel like Roman, if, if if the criteria is just at any point in your life something went wrong and then you came back and you wrestled in 2021, like I feel like Roman probably deserves that over Edge. <laughs> but okay. Go well, ahead. I mean, the second runner-up last year was speaking out movement, and that's not even a wrestler. So I don't know what's happening with this inspirational uh, wrestler. Of the okay. Year award. Right. So uh, the winner was Shad Gaspard last year, which I understand that one. Yeah. Edge. Yeah. yeah. Edge. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're know. on some different levels here. Shad. I don't know what's and happening. Edge sitting in the ring with a, a single spotlight on him, pulling at his hair is <laughs> not quite. I, th- I think it's because he came back from the from the neck. Right. I think no. that's what. It is. Uh, rookie of the year. Last year's winner, of course, was was Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> Dom. Did you care about him then? Uh, I will never care about Dom. <laughs> Dom um, Mysterio was last year's rookie of the year. I'm trying to think of who who's a rookie this okay, year. Is this one obvious? Am I going to get this one and, and feel like an it, idiot? It'll be, obvious, it'll be obvious when you hear it. Remember, PWI is like a blend of kayfabe. You always have to keep that in mind. So it's a little different than... Right, right, right. So think about what rookie in... <laughs> what we're really dealing with here is like two promotions. So JRJ in the uh, Nidov chat room, he, he cracked me up here. He says the only thing Edge inspires is sleep. <laughs> Maybe that's why he won. I, I love it. I love it. All right. Um, so Dom won. La- I have no. I have no earthly idea who would have won Rookie of the Year this year. Uh, Jade Carghill was your winner. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's that's makes all right. sense when you hear it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not it's bad. Kayfabe and all that. Um. 2017 Otis won Rookie of the Year. Ugh. Okay, all right. Um, I'm told we're told in the note of chat that Warhorse was your 2020 wrestler. Yes, he was. Yes, he Good was. Good lord. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's correct. Let's see. We have uh, inspirational. No, no, we did that one. Stanley Weston Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, the Stanley Weston like... Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, okay, so this is like when the Oscars, when someone's about to die, but they've they've never won an Oscar. Yeah, right, right. They got to give them something yeah. here. Oh, uh, crap. Um, who's on death's door here? I don't know. Antonio Inoki. Well, I could tell you that one of the two men that won this have has won m- many PWI awards, so they don't use the same... Uh, uh, you know, methodology. Is okay. The Are we, uh, Harley race. That's not, well, I mean, he is dead rich. He yeah, I know. Make much sense to give him an award. <laughs> when did he die though? Didn't he just die this year? This year or last, right? Yeah. Time, 20... time just, just blends now. It's yeah. Cool. Who the hell knows yeah, the difference between 2020? Like, honestly, yeah, I thought he died in 29. He died in 2019. Okay. So I'm nowhere to close. All right. 
No, then they would not have given him this award. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. It's a lifetime achievement by a professional wrestling personality. That's very vague. Uh, two winners here, Terry Funk okay, and Ron Simmons. Your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea what those two men. Well, uh, Ron uh, Simmons is going to be uh, in Chicago in a couple weeks here. He's going to be at an AEW show. So I will, uh, if I get a chance to talk to him, I will talk to him about it. the uh, PWI Stanley Weston Lifetime Achievement Award that he just received. So, uh, Yeah, I don't know what the reasoning was for that, but there you go. Last year was Medusa and Stu Sachs. So. All right. Um, those are the PWI words, but Rich, the segment isn't over. I have one more topic. Do you care? Roman Reigns has reached 500 days as Universal <laughs> Champion. So, Rich, I ask you, do you care? <laughs> one moment. <clears throat> <clears throat> So, Joe, um, Roman Reigns, he became the Universal Champion. He defeated both Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt at uh, Payback 2020. Is that correct? <laughs> sure. Okay. That's what it was. I so that he's I gone on, I believe, to defeat a who's who of professional wrestlers. Yes. Uh, to become the needle mover of uh, World Wrestling Entertainment in those 500 days. Uh, from John Cena to Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns continues to build his legacy and build the legacy of the WWE Universal Champion. He is now within days of Brock- <laughs> breaking Brock Lesnar's record for the longest reigning universal champion run this is very inside but please i would continue. say for that as well as his continued dominance during the 500 days i will acknowledge and i will care that roman reigns indeed has been champion for 500 days so thank you rich that was that was moving it was stirring and i appreciate you acknowledging the tribal chief. Thank you, sir. Should we leave this one alone now? We should. <laughs> we should. We should. We should. We should. Uh, so, yes, I did care a lot about that. Oh, oh, you care about that one. Yeah, yeah. I acknowledge it and I care about it. So, Well, this was a real curveball. I thought you would care about the PWI awards and I thought you wouldn't care about the tribal chief. <laughs> you never know. You know, when you, when, you, when, you, when you play Do You Care, you, you never know. You never know what's coming down the pike here. So, Well, I have more good news for you. We're never playing Do You Care again. <laughs> This was a terrible game. I liked it was, it. It was ill-conceived. <laughs> it was stolen it was, from, from the Sklars and Cheap Seats. You're even using the jingle. I know that you know Do You Care because you're using the jingle that they use for Do You Care. I don't, I, I'm telling you, have you ever watched the show Cheap Seats? Of course. I've watched yes, every episode I, of Cheap So you're using it. You don't think you're using it, but I promise you're using it. Maybe it's deeply embedded in my That's what I'm saying. Somewhere. You don't know that you're using it, but you are. Well, I even searched for a real jingle, but couldn't find one. Oh, so they, they don't have it. Yeah, it goes like, uh, oh, it goes like, just the facts. <laughs> Do you care? <laughs> like in like a weird kind of like singing. It's a terrible singing voice that they use. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if they have it on its own. I could probably find it for you if you need. But uh, I searched high and low for a clip of someone saying you would have had to find care. a random episode of uh, of Cheap Seats, and then uh, but. Listen, I still don't. <laughs> you don't acknowledge the scores. No, that uh, no, I don't admit that I stole this bit because I don't remember them doing that. <laughs> the best I could find was uh, some artist named T.J. Porter who has a song called "Do You Care," and I was gonna play that the 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 uh, chorus to that song, but it, I figured no one would know what it was, and it would 
everyone would be very confused. But the segment bombed anyway, so I may, <laughs> I, I, liked may, it. <laughs> I may as well have just gone with that. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to uh, dust off Do You Care Ever Again. Uh, it may just go on the shelf with other dead segments like Bury the Pundit. Remember that one? Oh, Bury, the, Bury pundit the Pundit was a tough one. Yeah, that's that pundit. one's tough. That one's The problem tough. with Bury the Pundit is, Rich, you get too uncomfortable burying the Pundit. Yeah, I, I, so, I, the, the Bury the Pundit should be on the opposite end. I should be asking you. And maybe maybe we'll do that. Maybe, maybe that, that may be more of a Patreon show. But uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, – if, if I ask you to bury a Pundit, that will be on Patreon. If you ask me, I think we can keep that on the flagship. But I, I – um, I try to be nice. I try to be, you know, uh, at least give a little bit. You would just eviscerate these people. So, yeah, I think maybe um, if we ever do bring back Barry the Pundit, I think we do need to switch the switch the roles a little bit. What I like is you didn't know Do You Care was coming, but on the, uh, the, the second question of Do You Care, I teed it up for you, and you really took it in a direction I didn't know you were going <laughs> to take it. You got very inside with that. And I appreciate it. It is. And I will people, say the no dope shout room. There are people in the no dope shout room that do get it, and and congratulations on them for getting it. And uh, the others that don't get it, well, sorry, that wasn't planned. But the people who got it are gonna love it. That's all I have to say about your answer to the second portion of. Uh, should I do one for the road? It's probably the last time we're ever. Yeah, go ahead. Second. Go ahead. That was uh, for the back end of. Do you care? I think people enjoy when I sing on the show. They I do, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a better singing voice than I, I would think that you would have. Yeah, thank you. I'm told that I'm a very excellent singer, so um, that's not oh, the first time I've <laughs> pump that. the brakes there a little bit. Let's, let's, you know? <laughs> let's reel it in a little bit, but it's not bad. It, it's pretty good. Are, are you a? Uh, you don't strike me as a karaoke guy, Joe. Is that uh, would that be true to assume? No. Why would I karaoke? <laughs> have you ever karaokeed? No. I mean, I'll sit there with my arms crossed while everybody else does. Yeah, karaoke. that's what I do too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to get up there and sing. I mean, there's no way in hell. Last time I was at a karaoke bar, they, uh, the guy gave me, like, you know, the big binder. And uh, I'm sitting there the whole night and, like, going through it. And, and, and the guy finally, the DJ, like, stops to take a break and walks over. And he's like, is there something you want? Like, I'll, fi- I'll find something for you, man. I see you've been, like, using, you know, flipping through the binder the whole time. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm just seeing what talks you have. <laughs> like, like, I had no interest whatsoever. This guy's thinking, oh, man, he, th- I don't know what deep cut this guy's trying to sing, but, like, I'll find it for him if he needs. And, and I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just, like, I'm just looking through to see what songs you have. Like, I'm not going out there and singing. Are you kidding? Do a little My Way by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I can't sing at all. How about like, a little My Way by Limp Bizkit? <laughs> yeah, that's, I may be able to do My Way by Limp Bizkit, so. Uh, but Bizkit. I, can only, I can only do it with visions of uh, The Rock and Stone Cold fighting each other. Uh, you know, uh, TLB loves the karaoke. She, That's what she like, went get, on out, the, get out there with TLB and do some karaoke. She, Come on. She went on the road when she was 19. There's something you didn't know. No shit, really? Yeah. Look at that. So, big time karaoke fan. Yeah, on the road as a karaoke-er? No, as a... You can't go on the road to karaoke. <laughs> That's, I was curious. I didn't know. No, as a musical performer. Wow. A there you go. Yeah. So Voices Wrestling. We can do an album if she wants. Turn to but, a record you know, company. That's fine. It's Rich Ladd can do the beats. We'll be good. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Chris Maffey, Rich Ladda, Andrew Rich on the boards. I, I, this could work. This could work a lot. All right. I, you know, she wasn't a hip hop performer, but you know. <laughs> she could change. She enjoys the hip hop. I was going to say she could probably throw it out in a rhyme or two. If she could sing, she could probably do all right. What are we doing? Fantastic seven, Joe. Thank you so much for uh, for well, the debut and the conclusion of Do You yeah. Care? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Flagship> podcast, <so. laughs> 
All right, uh, All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite show. They air it on Wednesdays. It's called Dynamite. It's an All Elite Wrestling show on TBS. Uh, they This week, Joe, they tied WWE's Monday Night Raw in the demo. What does this mean? What's the reactions? Let's get some takes here. Let's go. This is, uh, this is juicy. And I, I think what's actually fun about this is... In the micro sense, I don't think it means a whole lot because it's like, ah, whatever, you know, Raw was up against college football and yada, yada, yada. But in the macro sense, I think this is a very interesting thing because I don't think in any universe, even with a college football game on, even with the national championship game on, even with all this sort of stuff, like, you know, I this one week, I don't think that there's any real huge, huge takes to come from it. But I think in the larger sense, it's like, eh, this is... This is kind of a big deal, right? Like, just just even doing it one time, even with the scenarios that were laid out, like, this is something that we sort of alluded to even a year or so ago that I thought was going to take a lot longer to get to. And I'm not saying this is going to be how it's going to be. You, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, for the for the rest of the year they're going to do this. But it does show some vulnerability on Raw's standpoint. Do, do you agree that maybe this one week doesn't matter, but that overall this is a pretty interesting thing? I mean, this is the trend we we're seeing. And when, when Raw goes up against huge football games like this, this is what look, they're they're going up against an NFL wildcard game this Monday. I was gonna so, say this Monday might want to circle again. This could very easily happen again. And it, it's a big time game, right? Isn't it Cowboys versus whoever the fuck? No, it's Rams Cardinals. Ah, no one's um, gonna watch that crap, so that's so the college football game did twenty. So you're not gonna so- watch Raw this week? You're going to watch the Rams instead of Raw? All right. Rich, I'm going to skip Raw. <laughs> You're going to skip Raw this week. All right. Well, there's always the DVR. That's okay. Uh, you can always get back at it. Uh. But the college, the national championship game did 22 million, which, by the way, was a disappointing number. That wasn't even a good number for that game. Yeah, they were doing 26, so, 27, even a couple years ago. So Yeah. So the NFL playoff game, and this is just completely uncharted territory to have an NFL playoff game played on a weekday. So, um, if the college football playoff game did 22 million, you have to think this wild card game is going to do at least 30 million. So Raw is going to take an absolute beating this Monday. Uh, they took a pe- beating this past Monday, but this game is going to be much bigger than the college game. And this is another opportunity. This will be another chance where, you know, Dynamite and this kind of this fake head to head battle can uh, can beat them. This week was a virtual tie. I think it was 2000 more total viewers in the demo, which is well within the margin of error. So it's a, you know, that 0.39 for both shows. But um I'm interested in the total viewership of Raw this coming week cuz that's going to take a big hit. And obviously it's going to uh, not going to do they're going to do below well below a 0.4 in the demo again against this college, against this uh NFL playoff game. And Dynamite really didn't load up their show this week, and they're really not loading it up next week, in my opinion. So what this also tells us is Tony Khan is not wrapped up in this idea of, oh, I got to beat him. Right, right, right. Singular weeks. He's just running his show and doing his thing. He's not hot-shotting anything to take advantage of the opportunity to have a headline for 48 hours. That's And that's smart. I mean, you know, they've beaten Raw before you know, once or twice or whatever it was. And 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 they're going to beat them in the demo a couple of times. Uh, they'll probably be, you know, they have a really good chance of beating them this week and they might beat them a couple more times this year, but they're not, they don't have this sort of WCW mentality of we have to do everything it takes to beat them this week and then next week and then the week after. It's just, they're playing a long game here because with these two football games back to back, if this, if there was the mentality in that company of, 
we have to create headlines and we have to beat Raw. They they could have done that last. They could have done that this week. They didn't put up a big show. And they could easily do it next week if they loaded up next week's show. But they're not doing that. And I think that's the other big takeaway here is AEW has been very good since the beginning of their existence of just doing their thing and running their show and doing it the right way and not hot-shotting things, chasing uh, WWE to sort of just get these you know, victories, which at the end of the day don't really mean anything. Yeah, they're utterly meaningless. I mean, maybe you can use it. Maybe you put it on a little note for, you know, if you're pitching a, a TV company down the line or you're pitching a, a network or whatever down the line, that's something to use. But, you know, what seems like they have been doing, and, and, and it, it absolutely seems that way um, over the last few weeks, and, and especially with the move to TBS and, and, and whatnot, is, you know, they're all about, hey, where do we rank amongst all other cable shows? Where do we rank among other sports shows? Where do we rank on this night? Where do we, I mean, that, and that honestly is the even more important thing, more so than, hey, we're beating this other wrestling company, is you want to come to the table with the TV network and say, hey, look, we were fourth uh, among everybody. You know, the only thing we, f- we, we didn't beat is, you know, two NBA games, or, you know, we were fifth on this night, and we'll talk about Battle of the Belts here a little bit. The only thing we lost to was NFL games. Like, to that, that, and, and smart, and, and rightfully so, and smart, you know, definitely the smart move too is to look at the big picture and say, well, what are we competing with on the overall TV landscape, and not necessarily worry about. It. Yeah, internally, do you maybe go, ha, huh, that's kind of crazy. Wow, we beat them in the demo. They probably do. I'm sure an email goes around and people kind of go, ha, huh, that's hilarious. But like, they they do seem to, like you said, be playing the long game because they could absolutely tomorrow, you know, hot shot CM Punk and MJF if they want. Like, and I kind of thought they were, you know, watching this week's Dynamite. I'm catching up with it uh, as recording yeah. this show. Like. It feels like, you know, not knowing, and I, I kind of stayed spoiler-free, I'm thinking, oh, man, now that Wardlow beat up CM Punk, like, they're going to definitely do that this next week. And, and, and no, they're, they're saving it. They don't need to save it. If they really wanted to do a knockout blow, they absolutely could. They put D- Brian Danielson on the show. They would put, you know, they would have made maybe waited for Hangman and, 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 and Danielson to, like, this week. And then next week would have done Punk and MJF. They could have absolutely done that stuff. That's exactly right. They could have moved Danielson, Hang- Danielson versus Hangman back a week. And they could have, and they could have easily have done CM Punk MJF because that would have made sense story wise yeah. too. And they mm-hmm. could have done that this week, and they could have really put the hammer down and beat Raw two weeks in a row and grabbed all those headlines because they absolutely would have beaten Raw this week if Danielson Page and they did. They did have a higher number for that show than 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 both Dynamite and Raw did do this week, and MJF Punk would 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 beat it too, but. Again, they're not doing that, and that that's smart. It's smart to just uh, do your thing and let the chips fall. And they, they've already made up such significant ground on Raw that if they're worried about that, I mean, if both shows continue on their current pace, I mean, they're going to be neck and neck with them shortly anyway, uh, you know, regardless of football. So, um, you know, maybe six months, eight months, ten months ago, a lot of people would have laughed at the idea that they could have been neck and neck with them even during football. And look where we're at. So... Um, the other thing, the other takeaway is, you know, I, I still don't think we have a good read on on what the move to TBS means. I personally think ultimately it's not going to mean much at all. I think, um, you know, I, you know, it, Meltzer seems to think now with this week that he, we're able to conclude that the move to TBS is a positive one for the numbers. Um, I don't know that we know that yet with, with a two-week sample. I think the two networks have such similar uh, – uh, total are in such similar numbers of total homes that ultimately I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. And I throw out the 12 weeks or whatever with the West coast time shift. It's just, I'm measuring TNT versus TBS on a level playing field. And I, I just, I, I think it's too soon to say, 
And ultimately, I think it's not going to make a significant difference either way. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I think the, what, the significance will be that, yeah, you're obviously not preempted. You don't have to worry about sports. You are able yeah. to do the West Coast. On, like, there's bigger picture things that, that make this, the move to TBS better. But, yeah, I don't think, like, overnight the move to TBS all of a sudden gave them, you know, 500,000 viewers or 200,000 viewers that they weren't going to ever have ever again or, or new people are going to find the show. I, I think it's probably largely, you know, still the same number of people that are interested in AEW that are either, you know, tuning in on certain weeks or, or not or not tuning in on certain weeks. So, yeah, I don't think that there's some grand, you know, thing that somebody that didn't know AEW existed now after the last two weeks knows AEW existed. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a couple people, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's, it, it's not enough. But it's just reliability. TBS gives you so, so much of a, a better reliability than TNT does. And, and I think that is going to do so much more for, for them, you know, long term. I think that the first number on TBS actually could have been bigger. My DVR did not pick it up. And I think a lot of DVRs didn't pick it up because AEW has been tweeting like crazy. Check your DVRs, yeah. check your mm-hmm. DVRs, make sure you, because so I think they must have some data that shows that DVR viewership was way down for last week's show because I, you know, if, if my DVR didn't pick it up, that means nobody on direct TV, nobody's DVR picked it up unless you manually switched it over. And direct TV is obviously one of the biggest carriers in the country. And I'm sure they weren't the only one. It's just weird with DVRs. Sometimes if something changes a network, like, okay. So when Dexter returned to showtime, I remember I set my DVR and it picked up because I didn't go into the, deep into the settings it picked up every fucking episode of dexter that was on showtime showtime two yeah showtime, mine does that sometimes too I, I got that for the uh, the national title game i got it on because it was airing on like what three different networks or whatever it yeah, recorded mine on like it recorded on three different networks it recorded the replays my dvr was full overnight i'm like what the hell happened here and i have seven different recordings of the national title game and i'm like no nah, didn't need that thanks anyway though guys um, yeah, so then you got to go deep into the settings and be like, first run only, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah, new episodes only, HD only, yeah. only this channel, that sort of stuff. So, But it's funny because sometimes it'll pick up like a, you know, everything. But with something like this, even though the show is titled the same, it didn't pick up Dynamite. So I think that number, at least the DVR numbers and maybe the first 24-hour viewership or whatever would have been higher last week if they didn't have, you know, the DVR issues. So, um, so there's that to consider too, but I think that was a pretty strong number that dynamite did with a show that really wasn't designed to be a big rating show. I mean, you had Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia in the main event, and Daniel Garcia, obviously I don't think is considered any kind of a draw at this point, even though we love him as a wrestler. And, I mean, you obviously have Punk. They're going to have Punk on the show every single week because he's such a reliable ratings draw that whether it's a promo or a match, you're going to have him on there. So I'm sure his segment the, – the first 45 minutes or so of the show were very strong because you had Adam Cole doing an in-ring promo and the big angle with Adam Cole. And uh, despite other sites thinking he's a bust, he obviously hasn't been in any regard whatsoever. Uh, and, and what's your proof? They're opening up Dynamites with him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's – you know, that's an important spot. And, and, you know, I don't even know, geez, I don't, I don't know why I even waste my breath uh, with some of this shit, but then they had, they followed that up with the punk match, but then really the rest of the show, there really wasn't much there from, from that perspective. I mean, you know, uh, powerhouse Hobbs and Dante, those are two guys they're building 
they're not draws yet at this point. Um, you did have the Hangman uh, promo that they were advertising that got cut off by Dan Lambert. I assume that did okay. And yet, Deeb and, and Sheeta. Yeah, had, let me check on the quarters and see if they came out yet to see if we have any. Uh, we were going right. to refresh again, that Hardy, before we started talking about here, but let me uh, let's see. Party and Pentagon and, and uh, the Acclaim versus Bear Country, a very Rampage like lineup. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing yet on the quarters, so don't, don't worry about it. So. So, you know, and, and look, the show averaged almost a million viewers and it did a point three nine. So I'm sure a lot of these segments did better than it would look like on paper. But um, that's what I mean. I thought that the show, based on what they had scheduled, overachieved. And I don't think next week's show is particularly loaded either. But I think they're going to beat Raw because I think Raw is going to be way, way down no matter what they do. This is an NFL playoff. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think people need to strap in and get ready for just a shockingly low number. I mean, the NFL playoff game, NFL games, Night Night Football games, do a number on Raw, this is going to absolutely just decimate that. <laughs> I mean, this uh, playoff football, nothing draws ratings quite like playoff football. I mean, the, 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 the football in itself, insane ratings, this is, this is next level. A Monday night standalone playoff game, you know, again, Wild. it's going to do minimum 30 million. Minimum. Pretty big media I'm- markets, too. You're talking L.A. I mean, obviously, Arizona, not not huge. But, yeah, just being in L.A., first off, that media market is going to be huge. But it doesn't matter. The NFL does not matter. People from every no state, every city will watch that game because they just consume NFL. The I'm always the Pro Bowl ratings will always floor you. Yeah. It's like you know the NBA will put on like one of their best you know Saturday showings. You know the first Saturday that the NFL's gone, they'll be like, all right, it's Warriors and Nets and this versus this guy or whatever. And then the numbers come out. The Pro Bowl destroys them. The Pro Bowl. They don't even Pro tackle Bowl. the Pro Bowl anymore. They don't do. Yeah. They just throw. It's, it's, they just throw hail marys. Guys make you know score and then they dance and that's all it is for three hours. Now it's so bad. It's not even a real game. They, it's two hand touch. Yeah, it's they two hand even, touch. They, it's just they literally don't tackle. <laughs> that's anymore. what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm. I'm being honest. They don't tackle anymore. Yeah, it's so bad. And like. 20, you know, 18 million people will watch that. And, like, the NBA does their best game they could possibly put on, and it gets, like, you know, 8 million viewers or something like that. So it's it's wild. So it's yeah, insane. Gonna, it, it, they're going to decimate them. And they're very lucky they didn't put the Cowboys on Monday. Very lucky. I thought they were going to, but I guess I, I, I don't know enough about football to know. Well, as these, you know, these networks, it's like three or four different networks splitting up the games. And, you know, it's give and take. Everything's a negotiation. The Cowboy 49er game ended up on CBS somehow, which – I mean, normally that would be a Fox game. Um, it's also that weird Nickelodeon simulcast with the slime and all that shit. So um, I don't know. People if that love that shit. It's so weird. How that fact is scored touchdown. A bunch of slime comes out. People love it. Huh? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, trying to you know uh, appeal to the kids and create um, you know fans. But um, so I understand it. But yeah, I mean, I, I was very surprised. I thought for sure Cowboys 49ers would be the Monday game. They were just going for the throat. They're so lucky. But, oh, my God. Can you imagine what that would have been? Uh, I know. Yeah. Cowboy playoff game. You're talking 40, night. right? <laughs> like, you're, you're talking insane on Monday Night Football. I, you know, I, obviously, I live in Texas, but um, Halloween fell on a Sunday this year, and the Cowboys were playing Sunday Night Football against the Vikings. And I shit you not, as soon as that game started, we didn't get one more knock the rest <laughs> of the night. Yeah, you're not asking dad if you can go trick or treat when the, when the Cowboys kick off. No. You're you're not going anywhere. Was, yeah, that's it. It was you know we we got to wrap this up, kids. No more of this bullshit. So uh, yeah, next Monday should be an absolute bloodbath for Raw. I have no idea if they're trying to counter it with anything big. Um, 
but it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. And, you know, Dynamite will probably win next week. But who knows? I mean, because Dynamite could do, you know, like a .3 or something, and Raw could do like a .33, and it would be a horrendous number for Raw and a down number for Dynamite. So I guess it's not a lock, but based on the last two weeks, I would think that Dynamite's going to win next week. I, I, if I had to bet on oh, it. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. I, I would say it's a pretty safe bet. Um, barring, yeah, like you said, barring some weird, and Dynamite does have some weird numbers every so often, but. Could Raw drop below a point three? Could Raw drop below a point three? Could they do like 380,000 in yeah, the demo? I something? mean, yeah. What, what's on Raw? I mean, what, what's got you excited about Raw next week? Right. <laughs> so they're, yeah, like it's, it's, it's raw right now and it's a pretty unwatchable product on, on all levels and NFL, you know, playoff games and NFL has been doing insane ratings all year long and it's the playoffs. It's winter go home. Like, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's unfeasible. I mean, it's shit. I haven't watched, CBS. I haven't watched a football game all year, but I, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about watching a Monday night football playoff game. CBS NFL coverage this year was a six year high. You know, but everybody's streaming and nobody's watching mm-hmm. TV anymore. Everybody cut but their the, cords, yeah. Everyone cut the everybody cut the cord. Nobody under fifty has uh, watches TV traditionally anymore. But no, CBS a six year high with their NFL coverage this year. College football was way up this year. Football in general was uh, was up this year, and a lot of that is because oddly, we thought a lot of people would watch sports during COVID because there's nothing else to do. But last year during COVID, it was the opposite. People weren't into the sports because they didn't like the atmospheres. And then I guess that was a lesson we should have learned from wrestling because all of the empty building wrestling didn't do well until the company started thinking outside the box. Right. With the uh, AEW, with the changes they made, and Thunderdome, and then the numbers went back up. So atmosphere really killed sports ratings. Last right. Year. A lot of people and, and and us included thought that it would be like, oh, this is our escape. But all it was was just a fucking giant slap of reality every time you'd watch you know yeah. a basketball game and there's nobody there and there's a bunch of there's a weird video board and there there's empty you know tarps everywhere it was depressing as fuck so yeah it was yeah. the exact opposite but even compared to 2019 all of the football is way up yeah. so mm-hmm. um you have to kind of ignore 2020 but um you know it's even up over two years ago so uh yeah i yeah dynamite should win next week and raw should really Really, it's, it's going to be rough. I don't even know necessarily if I would try real hard to counter it because you're kind of helpless. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything they could do to mitigate an NFL playoff game. It's just, aside from the Super Bowl, that's like the biggest possible thing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That, that, and that's what I tried to allude to a little bit earlier. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, other, yeah, the Super Bowl is its own little pantheon of, of whatever. This is the next biggest thing that's going to be on sports television all year long, like a Monday night football play. I mean, this is, yeah, it, it is going to be absolutely wild when those numbers come out uh, and, and, and a big shock to the system for, for everybody. So, uh, yeah, and that might be why, you know, Raw, if they're smart, they just kind of say, hey, fuck, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? Just put our show on, do whatever. Don't try to counterbalance it. Don't try to counteract it. Don't just accept that we're going to get beaten down and destroyed and, 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 and move on because there's just no point. You're just going to get there's There's nothing that WWE is going to be able to put on Raw that's going to, make anybody that was going to watch the football game say, ah, you know what? I'll watch, you know, screw it. I'll put it on. I'll put the football game on DVR. I'll catch it in the fourth quarter or something. Like there's nothing in raw that's going to do that. So, well, luckily for the wrestling, you know, Rams should be up about 31, nothing in the second quarter. So 
That's the hope for uh, for one Mr. Uh, Joel Lanza. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get to some NFL discussion here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, AW Battle of the Belts, um, that was on Saturday. Uh, 704,000 viewers, 0.27 in the 18 to 49 demo. Uh, it actually was up pretty good over Rampage. The night prior, obviously, Rampage a little bit later in the day uh, on Friday. But that had 588,000 viewers and a 0.24 in the demo. So the demo number, not a ton different, but the uh, overall viewer is pretty, uh, pretty significant for Battle of the Belts. And I, uh, I I don't know about you, Joe. Battle of the Belts kind of snuck up on me. I don't know why I didn't really know. I didn't. I don't know. Did, did it kind of catch you by surprise that Battle of the Belts was coming up so soon or so quickly? Or, or, or as somebody who's taking notes for, for the Thursday tier reviews, you probably were well aware of it. I don't know because I... It was like Saturday, and I saw a bunch of tweets about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, that's tonight. All right, cool. And, and I was able to check out a little bit of it, but I don't know. It kind of caught me by surprise. That's a. I thought it did a shockingly good number. I was stunned. Yeah, because I, I, I thought everybody was going to be like me, where they're like, oh, yeah, shit, that's on, right? Because I didn't even realize it was on until like 8, and I saw people tweeting out like gifts and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, shit, that Battle of the Belts is on. I thought a lot of people were like me, but apparently no. There was a lot of people watching even, Battle of the Belts not, on Saturday. Not even, so. that, not even that for that reason. Number one, it was a Saturday night. Number two, there were NFL games on. Right. Right, right. Because the NFL ran on Saturday that week because college was over and they were, you know. Um, so I thought it was and, – and it wasn't like a super stacked lineup. So I really thought that that was going to take a beating. But they did over 700,000 viewers in a .27, which I would have definitely taken the under if you proposed that to me ahead of time. So um, I think it has to be viewed as a success for that little one-hour show. So I'm sure they'll do more based on that number, especially since they were going up against an NFL game. Uh, I think it was Cowboys-Eagles, which there was a blowout, so that helps. But still, I mean, as we as we stated, NFL fans will watch anything with the NFL branding. Uh, they don't care that it's a blowout. So, um, no, I was, I was very surprised by the number it did. I also think that that show, uh, ratings aside, business aside, is getting way too much criticism. I don't know what people were expecting with this thing. But once I saw the lineup, I knew that it wasn't going to be – look, first of all, it was only an hour. Uh, second of all, Cody got COVID. Like, what do you want them to do? Like, that, just the reality we're living in. Like, uh, you know, they, they had – the guy got the, the biggest match on the show. The, the fucking champion got caught COVID. I mean, that's going to happen from time to time. Roman Reigns caught COVID and missed the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. So – I don't know what people expected with this little one-hour show when the main event got blown up because one of the guys caught COVID. I thought the show was fine. It, 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 it totally met my expectations. Was it great? No, it wasn't great. Was it terrible? No, it was exactly what it was on paper. So from that standpoint, and I heard a lot of complaints like, oh, battle of the belts. There's only uh, uh, one real title match. One's for an interim belt. One's for the FTW title. What are we doing here? The guy caught COVID. I mean, you know, there's a perfectly reasonable explanation why you didn't get, you know, the match that was advertised. Well, and yeah, you, and, and I, I think it was pretty obvious uh, many weeks ago that this was not going to be the show. When they first announced this Battle of the Belt show, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is like a return of Clash of the Champions and yada, yada, yada. And it kind of felt pretty much like when we were getting closer to it and, and, and building up to it, that it wasn't going to be that. Like that, you know, we had this idea. And go back to our listen to our audio. We said, oh, you know what? Maybe you do Hangman and, and, and Brian on Battle of the Belts or whatever. You know, like we thought it was going to be that level of show like two months ago. It wasn't that level of show. They, they clearly made it as... 
you know, and that's fine. Like, I don't care. It's not that big of a deal to me. If they didn't think it was that level of show, they didn't want to treat it like it was that level of show. That's fine. But like, yeah, I don't know what you, ex- I mean, you, you should have expected this a couple of months ago that they were not going to load this thing up with like top, top tier stuff. Even if Cody was there, it's still not that, you know, amazing of a show. I mean, the Rip Baker versus Riho was, was, it was pretty ho-hum and that's something that's happened uh, a bunch of times before. And, and Ricky Starks and Seidel was just kind of a, uh, you know, just a, a, a you know, fine match, but you know, nothing that's going to make you go. Oh my God, little, I got to be here. Little, I got to be, I got to be home on Saturday. I can't do anything. Yeah. Starks is facing side L for the FTW. Like yeah, exactly. there was, it wasn't going to make you do that. But like, to me, it was pretty obvious a couple months, you know, a couple weeks ago that this was not going to be the case with this battle of the belts. And whatever you thought this show was going to be, wasn't that. And that, that your that's your own expectations kind of letting you down versus what they were telling you the show was going to be. And the best match got torn apart by Cole. Right. What right. are you going to do? Right. The main event got, yeah, couldn't happen. And the replacement I mean, was pretty just, damn good. <laughs> I'll be honest. The replacement, pretty fucking impressive. For, for But yeah, it's not going to make you, you know, drop everything to watch Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. But, you know, yeah, it ended up being, you know, a, a decent hour of television for sure. I also think people kind of have the wrong idea of what Clash of the Champions used to be. That too, yes. That There was this time when, do you remember when the WWE Network first added all the Clash of the Champions? And there was a lot of, like... I'm going to review every episode of Clash of Champions. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a podcast series about this, or I'm going to write reviews. And they all kind of peter out pretty quickly because you quickly realize that, wait a minute, so there's some great stuff on Clash of the Champions. There's a lot of not great stuff on Clash of Champions. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, I thought these were going to be like Clash of the Champions. And the matches that you got on this were pretty on par with (laughs) Right, right. There's this, yeah, romanticism of what Clash of the Champions were. Now, there were some all-time great matches on Clash of the Champions. Don't get me wrong. And there were some really big... The the main events were always big main events because they wanted to pop a number. But uh, those two-hour Clash of the Champions were often loaded with prelim stuff. They were often loaded with stuff that was well below the level of what you got on Battle of the Belts. Um, So, you know, there were... Sometimes there were enhancement matches on Clash... Do people not remember what were actually on these things? I mean, you had you didn't have straight up jobbers on Clash, but you had like lower prelim guys losing squashes on Clash of the Champions at times, and and yeah, you you know you'd get a great main event, but uh, in terms of match quality, this show wasn't really all that different from a lot of Clash of the Champions. So you have this romanticism of what the Clash of the Champions used to be, and people thinking that for some reason this wasn't the same level of lineup as a Clash. Then it was only one hour which is legitimately disappointing. I'd like to see these be two hours. I agree. I agree. Then Cody caught COVID, so you lost the best match on paper and the biggest match on paper. So uh, with all those things, you know, when I sat down to watch it, when you take all those things into consideration, you know, I wasn't calling up my friends and saying, holy shit, did you see Battle of the Belts? But I also, you know, changed the channel when it was over and thought, okay, that was a nice little bonus hour of AEW this week. It was fine. So I, I, I really don't understand where some of the harsher criticisms are coming from. But it could be like you said, maybe my expectations were more realistic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than some other people's just based on all those factors. I, 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 I think people thought they were getting a super show and, and instead they got like a pretty good episode of like it, it was a little bit. It was better than a rampage and less kind of impactful than a dynamite somewhere in between there. I don't know. Just like matches uh, yeah i don't know i don't know where to put it in but it, it wasn't a a quote-unquote super show but it but yeah it was an hour of 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 title matches and i guess 
in my mind, they didn't advertise anything more than that. I, I, I expected an hour of title matches, and I got an hour of title matches. I did not think I was getting a super show, where I guess some people thought they were getting a super show. So They gave us three title matches. I mean, and you know, I'm so tired. I'm not doing this FTW title thing anymore. People are just so lost on what this thing is. I mean, I just do we really have to do that again? I mean, it's just a device so Ricky Starks can pretend he's a champion. For yeah, an asshole heel thinks it's the biggest fucking deal in the world and kisses the title yes. and acts like it's a big deal when everybody in the world knows it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, like, can we stop like <laughs> thinking it's anything other than that and getting mad about it and and and, and all of these things? Uh, just, the old uh, work is the new work, Joe. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, the heat works too well and people work themselves into a shoot. You know what I mean? Um, I am just looking up a random Clash of the Champions card here to give us an idea. Yeah, what what number you have in mind here? Well, you know. Cage match isn't the most intuitive when it comes to pulling these things up. Maybe I should have used Wikipedia. Um, I've got the right capitalization. Uh, yeah, that's tough. So I have the Wikipedia open. Yeah, I will tell you the uh, uh, the semi-main event for Clash of the Champions 2 was Nikita Koloff versus Al Perez, and it ended in a disqualification. Well, well you know what? So. I think that sums it all up. <laughs> right. So. These people, I don't remember that match, but it was 11 minutes and 51 seconds. And Joe, I am going to guarantee you that Nikita Koloff and Al Perez uh, and the semi-main event of Clash of the Champions 2 Miami Mayhem was probably not a good match. I mean, people have this idea in their head that these were like free pay-per-views. They were somewhere in between the weekly television and pay-per-views. They weren't, you know, they weren't Holy given crap. away. Here, you, want, you want this one here? Go, go for it. Sorry, Clash of the Champions 4, Seasons Beatings, all-time great uh, name for a show. Absolutely. Uh, you have the, the opener, which rocked. This match rules. Uh, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers, the Fantastics, your favorite tag team of all time, versus Eddie Gilbert and Ron Simmons. So you had, okay, so you had the Fantastics, who were a U.S. tag team title level team. And this is in the tournament time. final for the U.S. tag team titles, by the way. Okay, well, there you go. So you have the Fantastics, who were a U.S. tournament, a U.S. title level tag team. They were never a world tag team title level team at that time. Against... A team that was just thrown together for the tournament. <laughs> How Gilbert dare you? Are you kidding? Eddie Gilbert and Ron Simmons, they go way back. Who were two like mid-card guys. What would be the equivalent of that for AEW? Who would be a Fantastics level slotted team in mm, AEW? That's uh, a good question. May, so not the Young Bucks or the Lucha. Yeah, Brothers yeah. It can't be them. Or uh, not even maybe Can't FTR. be FTR. No, FTR is above that. Probably someone a level below that, but above your private parties. And Okay, I have a perfect one. Um, pr- uh, proud and powerful. The, okay, I was going to say best Canada. friends. I was going to say best friends. That's if, a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Either one. So let's go with best friends. So we have best friends against two thrown two mid-carders who were not normally a team. Uh, who were two firm? Yeah, like Sean Spears and, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to think of who would be. Uh, yeah, I, I can't uh, – because they have everybody in factions. So yeah, everyone's kind of well-aligned. So, yeah, you can't you can't pick, like, randoms because, yeah, you can't – it's going to be hard to create an Eddie Gilbert, Ron Simmons team. Uh, maybe, like, case. Lee Moriarty and somebody, like, something like that against – the best friends. That's what that level of match. Yeah, is. or like Joey Janela and insert random person. <laughs> you know what Perfect. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's some random. Yeah. Joey Janela and, and some insert other random heel who isn't. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, so what was the next match? Uh, the next match here on uh, Clash of Champions Four Seasons Beatings was Dr. Death Steve Williams versus the Italian Stallion. Now, what did I just say? Clash of the Champions had squashes. <laughs> Do people not remember this? No, Joe, Joe, I, the, follow-up question. 
Guess the time that this match went. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Italian Stallion, Clash of Champions for season's beatings. 90 seconds. Uh, a little bit more. Three minutes. A little bit more. How long was it? 15 minutes and 17 seconds. What? <laughs> I, I, that's got to be an error. One sec. There is no way Dr. Death went 15 minutes and 17 seconds. <laughs> was he high? Was he like comatose? And they were just trying to like... I don't remember this match. I don't remember it either. Uh, uh, cage match has it at 1535. The Italian Stallion versus Dr. Death Steve Williams. We're going to have to review right. this. Okay, so who's on the... That would be like Lance Archer versus... Who would be an Italian Stallion level guy? That would be like Peter Avalon. <laughs> yes, and it would take yeah. Archer close to yeah. 20 minutes to put Peter Avalon away. Yeah. So we're, we're just talking relative match. Strength, yes. Though. So, by the way, uh, Battle of the Belts defeating the uh, Clash of Champions for seasons beating so far. Oh, without question. By the way, that yeah. opener went 27 minutes. <laughs> the Fantastics versus Gilbert and Rod Simmons. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. This one's right up your alley, Joe. Uh, next match here, Ivan Koloff versus your favorite manager, number one, Paul Jones. <laughs> so the equivalent to this would be... Nick Camarado versus... Like, no, so we have an we have an aging veteran mid Carter on the way out. Yeah, against. Oh, that's true. Manager. Yeah, you got to get like an old guy. It's got to be an old dude. Yeah, an aging veteran mid Carter on the way out. Jericho doesn't fit because he's too big a star. Yeah, no, it can't be Jericho. I don't know if uh, they have that guy. They don't. I can't think. Okay, Luther. <laughs> But Ivan Koloff was probably more respected than Luther. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, they don't really have that guy that I'm trying they to They don't uh, have yeah. that guy. Yeah. So let's just uh, – uh, and then against a manager. This is what we're doing here. <laughs> this is like someone versus Dan Lambert is what this is. Uh, and then you had a match for control of the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Titles. Road Warrior Animal versus Dusty Rhodes. It ended in two minutes, so don't get too excited. Okay, so I'm not worried about match times, but that would be like uh, Pentagon Jr. versus uh, versus Cody. I mean, it's his father. Yeah. So uh, that's fair. All right, what else we got? And then your main event here, tag team title, or just a tag team match here. Uh, Flair and Barry Windham versus the Midnight Express. Yeah, and the main events were always great. Yeah, that main event rocks. 17 minutes. I remember that match. It's fucking great. Go watch it. Yeah. So can we... Stop romanticizing Clash of Champions, which I loved, by the way, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. Oh, free, yeah, getting that level of a show for free? Fucking ruled. Yeah. I, I remember watching them even even in 1997 when they clearly didn't care about him anymore. That last one was like August, and I remember, man, it was, I, I forget what, it was. oh yeah, it was on a Saturday or whatever. I remember being like, oh, hell yeah, I was like home, I made sure it stunk, it was no good, it was terrible, but I was like, whoa, on free television? Because at that time, I wasn't getting pay-per-views, man, I was scramble vision at, at, at best, so when I was getting a Clash of the Champions, I was like, hell yeah, man, let's go, so... So your aging veteran versus manager, the room came up with a good one, it'd be Dustin Rhodes as the Ivan Koloff, right? Dustin Rhodes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So it'd be like Dustin Rhodes versus Dan Lambert or like Dustin Rhodes versus Smart Mark. Uh, 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 oh, Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling? Hit. Smart Mark Sterling. Something like that. Yeah, Mark that's Sterling's good. probably the level of, of, at that point, number one Paul Jones. Paul Jones. Pretty low think, on the totem pole at that point. Exactly. I think Dan Lambert's too high up the card. Yeah, yeah. Paul this Bird. is in 1983, Paul Jones. You know, this is right. 1988 number one Paul Jones, which is a certain, certainly a little bit different. So that might have been his write off, as a matter of fact. I was going to say, I don't remember him being around for much longer after that. 
So, you know, this isn't, you know, Paul Jones, like in his time, it was like 86, you know, with like the Barbarian and Tejo Khan and Pez Watley and feuding with Jimmy Valiant. You know what I mean? By 88. Yeah, I'm trying to even remember what he even was doing in 1980. I have no clue what, what number one Paul Jones was doing. He was losing to Ivan Koloff. <laughs> yeah, on that's what he was doing. Yeah, that's, that's what he was doing. And, and on his way out the door. But okay, but the point here is, you know, people who I, – I'm just scratching my head as people are like, I thought these were going to be like clashes. This was better than a typical clash. It just didn't have the big main event. Right. The, the right, right. It, it, lacked, it lacked a big, powerful main event. And that's what everybody remembers about the clashes. What they don't remember is Dr. Death Steve Williams versus the Italian Stallion. That's what they don't remember. And that's really what a lot of the clashes were. They'd give you a really good opener a lot of the time and a really good main event. And then they would just, in between, it was like guys that were pushing, winning, you know, one-sided matches or lots of angles, promos, things like that. So, um, anyway, I thought the show got way too much of a beating from people. I think expectations might have been just a little too high. But I really would like to see them be two hours. I think uh, – but then if they're two hours, you have to do enough to make them different from Dynamite. You know, otherwise it's just going to feel like – because in the days of the clash, you didn't have anything like that. On right, TV. They, they were they were their own thing altogether, and that's why they felt special, and that's why you didn't mind that they did some squashes and they, that they maybe they weren't the best top to bottom lineups, because it wasn't you know the six oh five show which was nothing but squashes. It was wow, we're actually getting some stars against each other here. Whereas in this era, that's just gonna feel like dynamite unless they do something to really differentiate it, and that thing is making them all title matches. That's the hook. Right, right, right. So they did that. They did that. It's just, yeah, maybe they didn't give people the title matches they thought they were going to get or give people impactful enough title matches. But I don't know. know I mean, I also don't want to do... I don't want to... I don't know that I want to give up my big-time title matches for, for for this show. And, like, we thought that maybe they were going to. And maybe if you wanted to, yeah, you could absolutely justify putting Brian and Hangman on the show if you wanted it to be a big deal. But clearly they just thought, hey, you know what? Let's let's go out there. Let's do this. And I think they're pretty happy with the numbers. It ranked 11th on the day uh, in 1849, uh, 19 when, when, you know, including broadcast primetime shows. And, yeah, it lost to two NFL games and it lost to some other stuff. But that's not bad. I mean, that's not a bad number on a freaking Saturday night. I think it was an impressive number. I think so, too. Yeah, I'm actually surprised at how good it was. So, yeah, I, I think it probably in the room, they're probably happy with how it went. And they didn't get, they didn't have to give up any big-time title matches. They got a really fun match with, with, with Sammy and Dustin. Um, they advanced stories with a lot of the other stuff. And, and, yeah, ultimately, they got a pretty damn good number out of it. So Okay, can we talk about this interim title? Yes, let's do that. I hate it. I absolutely cannot stand the interim title. Why? Cody's going to be gone for, like, a week tops. Just let him have the title. Just say he can't, you know, put Sammy and Dustin in there or just cancel the match and do another thing or whatever. But, yeah, you don't have to have to take the title off of him again. I mean, and to back up my stance, I hate interim titles as a rule. I don't like them in boxing. I don't like them in MMA. I don't like them in pro wrestling. I don't like them in anything. My stance is either strip the guy or don't. Like, why do we need to take the title off Cody to begin with? Especially if he's only going to be out you know, two weeks or whatever, or 10 days for COVID. And that's fine. If somebody gets hurt and you do feel like they're not going to be around and you want that title in play, then strip them and just put the title on someone else. I've never liked the idea of an interim title in any combat sport. It doesn't make sense. It screws up the title lineage. You can't have two fucking champions. It doesn't make sense. There's only one champion. You can't have two. Yeah, it, it makes things it, it it could be used well in some cases if like 
you want to build up to a future match and you want to, and, and I guess, but in this, it's just like, he just won the title. You, you know what I mean? It's not like you have this amazing, you know, top level boxer and he's going to be out for a year and you want to build somebody up and, and, and then, okay, when that guy's ready to go and we have this other guy that's a champion, then they can battle. But like, arguably, you know, the use of interim titles is, is, is largely what's kind of hurt big time boxing for years and years and years and ended up being kind of annoying in, in, in wrestling senses as well. I don't know. Like, I think there's a way to do it well. This is not a way to do it well. And 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 more times than not, I would say there is no real good reason to do it. Like you said, either strip the guy, make it a vacant title or or whatever. But yeah, interim just it, it makes the guy that wins it look like a dork and, yes. and, the, and the person that is the champion kind of looks like a dork too. So yeah, it, there's I see no benefit in it. I, I, I kind of dislike it. So Nobody views the interim champion as a real champ. No. It muddles up the title continuity. Um, it's basically just a title that tells you who the number one contender is. So why even do it? And look, I get the idea of if somebody's out and you want your title in play, then strip them. And when they come back, they get first crack. That's all. The story to do here would have been this, and this would have been perfect. Cody's out, so Dustin steps in to uh, take the spot of his brother in this match. It's not for the, you, you, what you do is you strip Cody. Okay. And you make this match for the title, not the interim title. Sammy wins. And then when Cody comes back, him complaining that he never lost it in the ring fits his current character. You know what I mean? Because he's, he can still be this aw shucks. I think everybody loves me delusional guy. But meanwhile, he's whining and bitching that they took the title from him. It would have fit. Right. And that's essentially, and now he's coming back, and now you've got Cody as the champion. This guy is the fake champion. It's just, I hate it. I don't like it. And plus, this is wrestling. You can be creative. They, you have advantages that MMA and boxing don't, in that you can control everything. Right, you book it all. So there's even less of a need for an interim title. And I don't even support interim titles in MMA or boxing, and never did. Back when I cared about UFC, I had these same rants about their interim titles. Never made sense to me. Just strip the guy then. Staying healthy is part of sports. If you can't stay healthy, you're not the champ anymore. That's the way I look at it. So, um, no, I, I just I don't like this at all. Yeah, so. I just don't get why we had to do this. Like, just say that, hey, Cody can't be here. He's got COVID. He'll be back next week. Like, it's fine. Nobody nobody is going to be upset about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one's going to be like, well, that's bullshit. I mean, I, that's that's kind of working yourself into a little bit too much of a shoot. I, I get the idea that you want this to feel real and whatever, but, like, no reputable company would do this. You know, no, no like, I'm sure... I feel like even a UFC would say like, ah, it's what, it's fine. We'll just do it for another show. Like, there, it just seems all strange that he misses That's one. That's the other thing. Cody didn't break his back. He just got COVID. Yeah, right. He'll be, he's fine. Like he's, he'll be okay. He's gonna be back. So I, yeah, I. Strange. It's it's very weird that they decided they had they felt the need that they had to do this. I I don't understand that. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because I hate interim titles. Um, it bothers me that it looks like AEW is gonna be doing the interim title thing. Never a fan of it. Um, you could have written a story. You, you didn't even have to tell anybody Cody had COVID. You could have written a storyline around that. You could have uh, just stripped him of the title if you wanted to make sure that everything on Battle of the Belts was for a title, if you wanted to maintain that. Um, there was a million different things you can do that because you're pro wrestling, you have that advantage that you can do all of those things. Where interim title would be the very last thing I would do. But um, anyway, that was Battle of the Belts. Alrighty, let's um, let's get into. Well, actually, you know what? Here, let's let's do this. Let's do this first and foremost. Here, Joe, 
We got some stuff to talk about. You want to let us know first off before we before we get into this read a little bit about what we can expect at the uh, Voice of Wrestling Patreon. FlagshipPatreon.com, oh. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, Voice of Wrestling.com slash Patreon. There's some really good stuff you did this week that I think uh, is, is worth uh, plugging. I feel like there's new content on our Patreon every 10 minutes. The content never stops. We've got two new NFL Intelligentsia audios up with myself and Jesse Collings previewing the NFL playoffs. So obviously you're going to want to listen to those before Saturday at 4.15 Eastern when Bengals Raiders kicks off. So we've got an NFC preview and an NFC preview. And I think it's what? Hour and a half on the NFC. And we went two and a half hours on the AFC. Four hours of NFL playoff preview audio. NFL Intelligentsia. That's on the $5 tier. So uh, four hours, Rich, of NFL preview audio. Already getting rave reviews for that. A new November to Remember is up. November to Remember 18 which is covering uh, ECW Hardcore TV 19 and all of the news and happenings of August 1993 in the world of ECW. Uh, the Jovembers are going to uh, be out on a much more regular schedule now. There was a long gap because I was getting ahead of myself with the, with the Jovembers and, uh, and, 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 and so that I can get them out on a more regular basis and we don't have those long gaps anymore. So uh, we're back on pace with that. Rich has the big egg scramblers up. How many are you through now? Two or three? Uh, Joe, I am. Yeah, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm with uh, two of them right now. Uh, third on the way uh, as well. We just got done watching uh, Hiroki Goto and Takashi Segura. Uh, that was number two. Uh, we had Don Fry and Scott Nord as number one. And we have some real fun stuff coming up as well. So, yeah, that is my Tokyo Dome randomizer, January 4th. Uh, Tokyo Dome randomizer. Uh, I also have a brand new episode of the Yes Movement, the legacy the, the the journey of daniel bryan to wrestlemania 30 that will hopefully be up by this weekend i've have it about half recorded uh that one's a doozy it's a very very long episode covering the uh, uh the fall of 2012 the early part of 2013 getting up all the way to SummerSlam 2013 when daniel bryan defeats john cena to win the title that is a long one it has taken me a long time recorded and a long time to get the notes but that should be out very very soon and that will definitely hopefully uh, uh get you through the weekend uh pretty good but yeah there is a lot of stuff up there uh, right now and 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 uh there yeah it's it's it, we keep chugging along man it's a, it's a hell of a value i'll tell you that not, not not even from like a bias like oh joe what a great value we're giving people like there's a lot of audio on there there's an insane amount of audio especially this week with the nfl intelligentsia stuff i mean you are talking a lot of stuff it'd take you a very long time to get through all the stuff that we're doing just this week alone not to mention all the back catalogs and all the other stuff it's it's pretty wild Match of the week every Monday. That generates a lot of discussion over on the Discord. You get a private room if you're a subscriber to discuss the match of the week. This week's was Ric Flair versus Alex Wright from May 27th, 1995. Wonder Kid. Night. Uh, I always do a try. To, I try to stick to themes of what's going on in current events. The week before, I did a leather face match with the death of Corporal Kirshner. This week, I did this match because Randy Savage ran in and caused a disqualification. Uh, uh, victory for Ric Flair because this was a tournament match and Flair wa- and Savage wanted to make sure he got his hands on Flair in the next round. So he got Alex Wright disqualified to ensure that he would face Flair in the next <laughs> yeah. round, which was very similar to CM Punk interfering in MJF's match against the captain, Sean Dean on dynamite last week and, uh, and giving Sean Dean a go to sleep to ensure that MJF caught an L by disqualification. So I try to have the match of the weeks fit a theme of what's going on in wrestling. It's a little trickier sometimes than other times, but uh, this week's was Ric Flair versus Alex Wright. And then of course, 
Uh, if you're wondering why we didn't review the Wrestle Kingdom shows on the flagship, that's because they were done as live instant reactions behind the paywall. So if you are on the is subscribe on the $10 tier, you can hear both of our reviews for Wrestle Kingdom Nights 1 and 2. You also get uh, access to the live flagships and any other live content we do in addition to any written content we do on that $10 tier. And that also gives you access to everything else we do as well on all of the tiers below. So $5 gets you most Everything, $10, gets you all of it, anything we've ever done. And uh, right now, there is just a shitload of content on the uh, on the Patreon. So uh, this would be a good month to jump in. Yep, retro content, new content, all the other stuff in between. So uh, you had talked about the NFL Intelligentsia, uh, and that gives us a nice little plug here for uh, my bookie, which is uh, coming up uh, this weekend. They have a lot of great stuff here. They are sponsoring uh, this episode of the flagship podcast. And uh, Joe, even though the fantasy football season is over, you can keep the excitement alive with my bookies. Double deposit bonus. Having your initial deposit matched up to a thousand dollars is like playing every single game. Joe with home field advantage. All you need to do is sign up, use the promo code voices and get the funds credited to your account instantly. So you can start placing bets with my bookie. And again, you had just said that you did AFC, you did NFC, you previewed everything going into the NFL playoffs, and that is happening here. NFL postseason is in full swing, and there's no shortage of games to choose from at my bookie. And everybody knows that playoffs equal points. So the best time. Do you agree with this, Joe? They say this is the best time to hammer the overs. Do you agree? For entertainment purposes only. For entertainment purposes only. Um, I like underdogs in the playoffs. I always like the underdogs and um, I'm not going to say that just a blanket statement that this is the time to hammer the overs. I need to look at those lines I would not, <laughs> with confidence. Tell everybody just to hammer the overs in the playoffs. No. So, well, uh, but uh, I any, disagree with our, my bookie overlords on that. One. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's fine. But uh, any, any, do you have one game that you're looking at here that you think I, is one that if for entertainment purposes, you entertainment would maybe put some, some credits on some, some units, some units, some trinkets. on. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be betting on any of the playoff games this weekend, but I haven't also haven't taken a close look at the lines yet. So, uh, but in general, I like uh, I like underdogs, especially in the first round of the NFL playoffs. I think uh, I think most of the games will be close, but uh, but I haven't I haven't placed any wagers yet. So that'll come later in the uh, as we get closer to uh, kickoff. There you go. And uh, one thing that my bookie has that's really great is they have player prop bets. So uh, you never know what player is going to make a name for themselves, what superstar is going to show up, and you have player prop bets also at my bookie. So again, uh, my bookie is the home to exclusive contests that we use to maximize your winnings and make 2022 your best year yet. So don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using that promo code VOICES. Place your bets and get ready for the intensity of NFL playoff action. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookies. There you go. So what you do, you get on my bookie, you use that promo code voices, you listen to the NFL intelligentsia, and then you are ready to go. You are ready to bet on the NFL postseason and make some money. You know where you can make some money? They have the the deep props on the game where you can look and you can do like, okay, so you can do pro- they offer props like Cooper Cup goes for 120 yards, scores a touchdown, and the Rams win. And it'll be like plus, you know, 210. Mm, okay, okay. And there's tons of those for like every player. So you can really find good value with those. Like you can do like, you know, Tom Brady throws for at least 280 yards, at least two scores. 
Uh, Leonard Fournette scores one touchdown and the Bucks win plus, you know, 310. Was, uh, right. So a lot of things are, have to go, have to happen, but they're pretty decent chance that those things are going to happen. If yeah, things go well, they if they're going to win the game, it's a good chance that, that they're going to occur. Right, right, right. But you can really get crazy with them because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, they have them for every player. So th- they have them all the way down card with like deep roster guys. So you can be like, uh, you know, you, 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 you can go really deep into Can I do the, punter? The, can I do punter prop bets? They have props with like total punts for each team okay. in the game. Okay. Uh, for some I want to like, I, I bet on a punter to have, you know, like an average punt total of like... The, the other thing my bookie lets you do is if you pick a player, let's say you pick, uh, name a quarterback in these put Kyler Murray. Wrong. Um, you're asking the very wrong person. Chris so Chandler. You could do, <laughs> Kyle, do Kyler Murray passing yards, but what my bookie lets you do is they'll have an over under, but then you can go change it and they'll just change the odds accordingly. So if, if Kyler Murray is over under 280 and a half, you can lower it to like 260. You're not going to get odds that are as good, but you can set your own lines for the Interesting. Players. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways that I think, I think people just look at the game lines and the over under, but if you dig into those, if you go on my bookie where it says 48 additional props underneath the game or whatever and click that, you are presented with just a bevy of options on player props and game props and same game parlays and everything where you can really get wacky with it and craft your own bets. And some of my friends who are like degenerates, that's where they clean up. Because if you dig deep in there, that's where Vegas misses on a lot of these lines and you can find a lot of value. There you go. So my bookie.ag promo code voices. Uh, double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. All right, let us get into this uh, MLW WWE lawsuit, uh, Joe. Now, do you have the same thought that I do? That there's some a little bit more meat on the bones than I think a lot of people are saying about this lawsuit, or, or what? Is, I don't know what, much about it to be honest. Okay, well, we'll, we'll lead you through this then. So, okay, so MLW is suing WWE. Now, the first thing that's important about this lawsuit is the lawyers. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't know their names off the top of my head. Um, they're not names that I know, <laughs> obviously they're not names that most people know, but these are some pretty good lawyers. This isn't a fly by night kind of law firm that contacted MLW and said, Hey, you know, maybe we got an idea here. Hey, maybe we can do something here. This is a pretty big time law firm. The, the, the people that are involved in this, the lawyers that are involved in this, the people that know stuff have said that these are, these are dudes. These are real guys. They're in the law f- world. They're, they're bigger, you know, overall than Jerry McDivitt, who obviously WWE's lawyer, who, who is long held, I mean, long, long, been successful as hell for WWE in any lawsuit they've been in. I mean, these are real dudes. One of these guys was, was Donald Trump's lawyer until 2017. You know, we're, these are not fly by night guys that are doing this. So that makes it a little interesting here. That these guys, and there's also the, the the idea that okay, regardless of what you know these individual lawyers are, they're big time lawyers. Is MLW paying these guys, or are they working on a contingency? And if they are working on a contingency, then they must know something or think that they're pr- going to be pretty successful here. So that they makes think, it interesting. They, that means they think it's winnable, right? And that makes it a very very interesting thing here. Again, like I don't know the minutia of, of of the laws. I don't know the minutia of what's going on here. All I know is the people that do know stuff say, "Whoa, these are big time guys." Does MLW have this kind of money? And, and the people they were asking, everybody was like, no, MLW does not have the money to pay like these high fly lawyers, which means that they must think that they're going to get something out of this, some sort of settlement that they are going to make their money back on. Right. Yeah, they, they, they must think it's, it's a layup in some regard. 
Because a lot of law firms do that. Like, for, you know, yeah. we've we've been contacted numerous times about people trying to sue WWE many, many, many times over the years. And it's usually like this, like, hey, you know, it's me and this, you know, it, it, you can tell it's like a probably a brand new lawyer, or a brand new law firm or whatever. And they're just saying and hoping that WWE just says, ah, you know what, here's $5 million, guys. We don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they're just hoping they do that. They don't know that WWE is going to fight you and Jeremy McDivitt's going to probably beat you because that's just what they do all the time. But we hear about these. They start. They say, hey, can we contact you? And we go, yeah, I guess, or whatever. We never hear from them again, ever again. I don't know if yeah. they get settled out of court. I don't know if they even get settled. I don't even know if they get started. We hear from these all the time. But a lot of times they're these fly-by-night companies, these young lawyers, these just whatever. They're doing it under the, the auspices of a, of a collection of wrestlers. They're doing it just because they think that they might win it. They're doing it because they think it's a big-time company. Or I don't know the exact you know details behind it, but we hear about a lot of these. We get contacted about a lot of these. They never go anywhere. They, they're, they're, they are looking up wrestling websites. They're Googling. They're finding us. And their email, and then you're right. Then we never hear from them ever again. You know, so yeah. It, it, but this obviously is on a much bigger scale than that. Uh, these are big time lawyers. It's a big time law firm, and and they obviously think there's money to be made here. So they think that there's a real case. Yeah, and this, so this is an antitrust suit, and uh, the, the 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 big crux of it is pretty much two parts here. There's a few other parts as well. Obviously, this court power MLW. Uh, and and I, I don't know if we've actually ever revealed or they've ever actually revealed who the parent company of MLW is or who's, who's but I think court is named in this and MLW is named in this. I haven't actually looked at the, the details itself, but the two big things that this entire lawsuit is about is Tubi. Now, we talked briefly about Tubi in the summer of, of 2021 because we had gotten word that MLW was going to get on a distribution deal and, and, and Tubi was one of the ones that was getting you know, bandied about and, and never officially mentioned, but said, hey, you know, MLW is working on a distribution deal. It's going to happen. And we kind of laughed because it was like one of, you know, 10,000. Hey, MLW is about to make this big deal. Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Ah, sorry. This suit alleges that the reason it didn't happen and the reason that they got so close to announcing it and basically ready to go and basically told everybody, hey, we're going to be on this platform and everybody can kind of guess that it was going to be Tubi is that it says MLW and Tubi agreed to a distribution deal on July 22nd, 2021. Uh, the complaint states that MLW con content was set to debut on the ad, uh, the free ad supported platform on September 11th. Now we knew that because MLW took everything off their YouTube page. Remember? Yes. And we discussed it on the show and you discussed it, I think on Thursday TV reviews as well. That yes. This is Okay. Something is going on. They're going somewhere because all their stuff is no longer on YouTube. Right. People put one and one, two to two together. They say, okay, I think, you know, this seems like a likely scenario here is, is one of these streaming platforms. And Tubi felt like one that a lot of people thought. So uh, the parties were said to have planned to announce the deal on August 10th. This is from WrestleNomics, by the way. It's WrestleNomics Patreon that I'm reading from here. Uh, yeah. The parties are said to have planned to announce the deal on August 10th. However, sometime around August 9th, WWE's chief brand officer, Stephanie McMahon, allegedly met with Tubi executives. The suit implies MLW content was scheduled for a Tuesday night time slot on Tubi, which would mean it would air head-to-head -head with the NXT program on USA. WWE would conceivably view a competitor working with a Fox-owned property as a conflict of interest because Fox airs SmackDown, WWE's most-watched network. Allegedly, Stephanie McMahon and, Tubi, and, and Fox is, is involved in Tubi. I forget what percentage they own of it, or they're, yeah, but they're yeah. involved in it in some way. So allegedly, and this is from the suit, Stephanie McMahon pressured Tubi and other Fox executives to not allow MLW to air in direct competition to NXT. And uh, some people say that uh, Dave Meltzer kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, what Stephanie then said is well then fine we'll take SmackDown off of Fox. This is not what what is 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 being said in this part. Brand Thurston I think doesn't think that it was that level, but just that Stephanie said I don't think you guys should let this air in direct competition to NXT. To be clear, you're reading Brandon's write up, 
but you just mixed in Dave's Meltzer's speculation. Right. Dave Meltzer okay. speculated that Stephanie yeah. said that they would take Fox or they would take right. SmackDown off of Fox. Right. That um, that was not what Brandon's interpretation of it wasn't that she did that, but he alleges in the, by reading the suit that Stephanie pressured Tubi and other Fox executives to not allow MLW to air in direct competition to NXT. I think what I think Dave too that's very blunt terms. I think what he's trying to say is the WWE side is saying that if you put this competing promotion, you're breaking our contract and we have the right to take our show. Right, off your right, right, right. Not, not, we're not going to, you know, provide you a fucking tape of SmackDown this week. More like this is breaching our deal. Right. There's probably some language in the giant contract that says that Fox will not also sign AEW. You, you know what I mean? Fox can't Correct. say, Hey, you know, guys, by the way, we also have AEW on our network and WWE right. can say, no, 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 hold on. No, no, no. That's not what, you know, no. So if WWE, even on, even though it's little MLW and even though it's Tubi and not Fox, there's probably language in their billion dollar contract where WWE, if they want, can swing their dick and say no, you can't do this because this is in breach of our the deal right. that we have. Exactly. So that 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 is what's alleged in the suit. And you know there were a lot of people saying, well, that's ridiculous. They wouldn't do that from LW. And it's like, nah, I mean, you don't, you don't know anything about this company, right? You have never followed. You don't know anything about the business of Vince McMahon. You don't know anything about the business of WWE. You are in. If you think for a second. If you even have the thought, this is stupid, why would WWE care about MLW being on, on Tubi, and how does that affect Fox? You do not know this company, and you do not know Vince McMahon. That's all I'll tell you. Yeah. This is a man who once threatened to not give pay-per-view providers WrestleMania. Right. Because they were going to air Smack, or, uh, Starcade. Well, this here, I'll give you a more contemporary example and a comparable size promotion. This is a company that went into the UK and destroyed the scene to ensure that ITV couldn't get World of Sport off the ground. Was World of Sport... They signed to- Jim Ross. They re-signed Jim Ross so that ITV couldn't use him for World of Sport. Yeah, and then they signed up as many UK wrestlers as they could, <laughs> right. who are still under their employ, by the way, on a dead brand that doesn't make them any money. Also, ITV couldn't get world of sport off the ground and world of sport was probably comparable in terms of a threat to the WWE uh, uh, a stranglehold on the industry as MLW is. So if you don't think if, if, if your mindset is, Oh, why would they, they don't care about MLW. This is all horse shit. You're wrong. This is, this is straight from the playbook they've been playing uh, for the last 35 years. Right. Their, their goal long held WWE goal is not to let you even get to the level of competing with them. It's to stomp you down when you're, you're, you're an ant. You know what I mean? Stomp you down when you're a crumb in the scene. They don't want you to even grow anywhere beyond that. You're done. You're gone. We're kicking your ass. They, they, anything that even pops up or bubbles, they try to put away. Well, someone in the chat room is saying, I bet you the language might not cover Tubi. Well, that's why MLW is fucking Exactly. Right. There must be – and this is why these uh, tremendously powerful lawyers – must also agree, in, uh, which is why they're taking this on a contingency basis, and they think that they can win a settlement here and chop it up with MLW because uh, the, the the whole basis of the lawsuit is WWE basically strong-armed Fox, and Fox must have figured out, ah, well, you know what? This little property that we're putting on Tubi really isn't worth the trouble and just uh, canceled the deal. That's the whole basis of MLW's suit. Right? I mean, I'm not misreading that. That's that's what's happening yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, 
and you know, just based on you know, this isn't Matt Riddle's lawyer who was printing out documents on on. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a great. That's a great you know? example. Jesus Th- Christ. These are these are real lawyers who, yeah. who know what they're doing. So, um, you know, there there might be some meat on the bones with this with this case. And doesn't the vice deal somehow? Factor? Yeah. So the vice deal, and and that that is. Uh, Right down to the top, all the way to the top here. Vince McMahon allegedly behind the interference there. Uh, WWE, when WWE learned about the business relationship between MLW and Vice, again, this is from Brand Thurston, uh, patreon.com slash Russellnomics, uh, says the business relationship between MLW and Vice, which began in May, uh, then head of WWE Studios, Susan Levinson, is said to have contacted a Vice executive saying Vince was, quote, pissed about Vice putting MLW content on the network. Uh, the complaint states that Levinson warned a Vice executive to stop airing MLW programs. And now we, again, we laughed about that because MLW did Fightland. We had this assumption that, oh, this is going to be getting the relationship uh, of MLW on Vice. And then it was Fightland and that was it. And that was all. Yeah. This is a funny one because at the time, and we weren't the only outlet, uh, I know I listened, I listened to WrestleNomics just about every week. And at the time, uh, Brandon even went over they were going over potential lead-ins. Are they going to put it with Dark Side of the Ring? And, and you know, because everybody thought it was going to be a weekly show. Dave Meltzer thought it was going to be a weekly show. We thought it was going to be a weekly show. Then it ended up just being Fightland. And then I got some information from the inside where it was like, well, Court was always kind of intentionally deceptive about that. And the roster kind of thought it was just Court being Court. And it was really just one it was just fight land all along. And, you know, court wanted people to think that he had a deal with vice land, but he never did. And then once fight land happened, court's whole stance became, well, you know, it was, it was a, it was a trial thing with fight land. We'll see. We can explore that again. Now, knowing that there's a lawsuit that could have been court, just not wanting to say, because he knew that they were going to sue. Right, right, right. Jotting it down, knowing it, and then kind of being court, for lack of a better term, being court about it, and and and, and kind of keeping it close to the chest, knowing that they were accumulating stuff for for a potential lawsuit. Right. He might not want it if because he could have went out there and said, "Ah, we fuck. We thought we were gonna have a deal, and then Vice turned their back on us, and yada yada yada." But he didn't do that. He he was just no. kind of like, "No, yeah, no, it's the you know, we'll see." He, 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 <laughs> so when he changed the story with the roster, people took that as court being court. But now with the benefit of hindsight, it may have been court just protecting the potential lawsuit right. and not wanting to say much about it. So that kind of gives a new kind of different perspective on that weird period where Fightland aired. And then we were all like, OK, well, why do they have nothing else scheduled? We thought that this was a legitimate deal. And mysteriously, nothing else ever aired. And the MLW office when you know, just brushed it under the rug with the roster. So now it all kind of makes more sense. Right. And the relationship there is A&E has a 20% stake in in Vice. And A&E was obviously partnering with WWE on those biographies uh, and and a few other things as well. Um, So, yeah, that's – it says MLW here, blames WWE for the Vice relationship not lasting beyond the October 7th special. Uh, Quote in the filing, uh, WWE's interference resulted in Vice withdrawing from negotiations over airing new MLW content and in Vice airing only a single MLW program. So there you go. There is even a little bit about Fight as well. That one seems a little more loose. That's just kind of like MLW – Fight didn't want to air MLW stuff because WWE – that one, I don't know. That seems a little loose. To me, the Tubi and the, and, and the, the Vice things seem like pretty damn good if, if, if what's being said and what's being alluded is true. But, uh, 
yeah, it's um. Well, it, a lot of times with these kind of lawsuits, you try to just cast a wide net. Right. So throw a few more things in there. I think the first yeah. two are obviously the, the 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 big home runs, and then yeah, there's fight and there's some other little claims of damages and stuff uh, about you, you know. Figure all right, they'll win a couple on a few fronts, but we'll you know it, it's it's you throw everything at it, you know you just throw everything at it. I remember when I was. Uh, I went uh, when I was 20 years old. I filed for bankruptcy because I was a wild man when I was a you know uh, a, in my late teens, early 20s, and uh, I went through a bankruptcy at a very young age. And I remember when I was speaking to the lawyer, uh, my bankruptcy lawyer, and I was asking him, "Well, what do I declare on this bankruptcy? What bills? Because I have a lot of things ranging from." you know, uh, big credit card bills are what I considered big at the time. I've got a car payment I've got. And then I have little things like, you know, and he's like, you put everything on there. And I was like, everything. He's like, anyone you owe a dollar to, you put it on there. He goes, you just throw everything on there and then you see what sticks. And that's kind of like the same with these kind of lawsuits. It's kind of the same thing. You know, it's probably like, let's just throw everything on there. And if we can, if there's any connection to WWE whatsoever, uh, you just, you just never know, you know, it's just, uh, you just, so you cast a wide net and you see what happens. Uh, this quote from uh, Corp Bauer, this is the press release that MLW said. It says, WWE has wrongfully deprived its com- uh, competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been even more unconscionable. I think we speak for the rest of the professional ro- wrestling world when we say this is anti-competitive be- behavior and it has to stop. So... There we go. It'll be interesting to see. Keep an eye on this. Yeah. Well, Again, if the, if there weren't the, if the lawyers weren't like dudes, you know what I mean? I would probably just be like, ah, you know, whatever. Jeremy Tivitt's going to eat these guys alive. But uh, I don't know. This could be interesting. And and if that's alluded, I mean, we we all know that. I mean, obviously, we're not going to sue WWE on it or whatever. We're not going to you know be the lawyers. But like, they do anti-competitive bullshit and have done it for years and years and years and years. And and they'll, that's kind of always what their mo has been. You know, yeah, it might take the right lawyer, the right thing, the right evidence or whatever to make it, you know, but I I think there's some meat on this thing. So I I keep an eye on this thing for a little while. You might, you know, I I would like to see them eat shit on one of these for once. It'd be nice. They've won a lot. They have won a lot over the years. So it'd be nice to see uh, McDivitt have to eat a little bit of shit. But uh, yeah, we'll see. How old is McDivitt? Is he really still their lead counsel? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy's gotta be Why would you change? Right? Yeah. Oh, so he uh, did you watch the dark side on the steroid trial? I uh, did not. Yeah, because they you see him there. He looks pretty. Um, he's not young, but he's not he's not that old. You know what I mean? He's he's. I don't know when he was born though. I have no clue. Um, Again, age on this asshole. Um, <laughs> he is he is an asshole too. Yeah. That's... Uh, For the record, he's a, he's he's a very good lawyer. So yeah, you you got to be a little bit of a. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I can ever find a date on him of when he was born, but uh, he's def- like he's definitely in his like seventies for sure. I mean, he's not he'd have to be. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing stuff since like the fucking mid eighties for them. So yeah, it's been a while. Uh, in nineteen eighty seven, he obtained an acquittal by jury trial of a professional wrestler charged with a federal felony of interference with a flight crew. That must be his connection to wrestling. So is. He's been practicing law since at least 1987. Yeah. That's uh, 22, 30, what, 30? 30, 35, Joe. It's 35 years. I don't know how I know that, but. Uh... 
So don't ask how I know <laughs> how long 1987 was, but uh, 35 is what it was. So it's got to be in the 70s then. Yes, to be. Yeah. So like I say, he might be pushing 80. Maybe he just looks good for his age. Maybe. Wouldn't mind seeing me eat shit though. But uh, <laughs> anyway. All right, Joe, let's talk about this forbidden door that is now swung wide open and Moose is going to face Roman Reigns and <laughs> Kenny Omega is coming to the Royal Rumble. Can we please? Okay, so what started this is we got an announcement a couple days ago that Mickey James, the knockouts champion, the Impact knockouts champion, was going to be in the WWE Royal Rumble match, the women's Royal Rumble match, Joe. Not on the, at the Royal Rumble, but in the Royal Rumble match because you, you can't you got to distinguish it, or else people are going to get way too confused of what you're talking about. So it's too confusing for me. <laughs> if I'm you ready. say if you say she's going to be in the women's Royal Rumble, no one's going to have any clue what the fuck you mean. So you have to specify yeah. the women's Royal Rumble match, and this got people losing their fucking minds. It had it had Impact fans going, "Oh my god!" Like WWE sees the the the. The, the benefit of aligning with Impact, and Impact has made this great deal. Scott Demore just always makes these great deals, and it's Impact and WWE are working together, and Moose is going to make tweets about how he's going to face Roman Reigns, and this... Can we please pump the fucking brakes? We got our listicles about the matches we want to see now that WWE is open for business and finally working with other companies. Can we please pump the brakes on this, show, Please? I would love to pump the brakes on this one. You want, you want me to tell you what I think happened? Uh, go ahead because let me see if it's similar to what my theory was. So, okay, so you have two two parties here. You have Scott Demore and whoever called Scott Demore, right, from World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, I think what happened was. Or actually, the- you know what? Here's my theory. You have Mickey James, <laughs> and then you have whoever called Mickey James from World Wrestling Entertainment. I mean, yeah, I, I, I basically I think what happened here was they're looking for names for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, they fired and, all their women. They don't have any women on the roster anymore. And also, they always like to bring in, you know, some fun outside names. That's not unusual for them to do. And they thought about Mickey James, and they asked her if she would do it. And she said, well, I am the Impact world champion now. I might have to run this by those guys. And Impact uh, obviously said, yeah, that'd be great. Please bring our title onto a WWE pay-per-view. We would like that very much. And uh, WWE uh, agreed to the terms that, okay, if we want to use Mickey James, then uh, we have to say that she's the Impact World Champion, and there you go. I don't think there's anything deeper than that. No. Um, I don't yeah. think they were aware. <laughs> no. I don't think they were aware she was Impact World Champion. I don't think they Zero care chance. that she's Impact World Champion. I don't think they even were aware that she was with Impact Wrestling. I think they just wanted Mickey James in this dopey match for the six minutes that show last in it. And, uh, you know, they got caught off guard that she holds this company's title. And that was, you know, the contingency part of the deal. And they agreed to it. And that's that. And I don't think it's any deeper than that. And I think she's going to get thrown out of the Royal Rumble. And uh, they'll never speak of Impact Wrestling again. That's my take on it. Is that your take, Rich? That is exactly my take. Yeah. My, my thought is that they called Mickey. Uh, they had just, I mean, she had been in the company within the last year. Remember, obviously, the trash bag incident and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They're running on the list of... of you know, Which, re- by the way, how how much of a spineless? Uh, you know, <laughs> I know. I mean, geez, how spineless can you be if you're Mickey James? Where <laughs> and I know, like, quote unquote, the guy that did it got fired, Mark Carano yeah, or Canyon yeah. Seaman or whoever the fuck was behind it got fired. But still, like, can you have an ounce of pride? <laughs> no, can you just say? I mean, no. You know what? No. <laughs> like, I. Mean, geez, I mean, you're doing your own thing. Your impact 
champion, you're working NWA, you're doing your own, you're producing your own pay-per-views for the NWA. Things are going well for you. But it's like we talked about with the, you know, some of the people that got cut from NXT last week or whatever it is. Some of these people are just such marks for this company. It is unbelievable. They sent your shit home in a trash bag. And the minute they call you back, back, you're right back. (laughs) You're crawling right back to fucking get thrown out of a a Royal Rumble in six minutes. Do you have Uh, an ounce of pride? Just an ounce. They don't, Rich. It's incredible. It really is crazy to me. But to each their own. Yeah. So that that is exactly my 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 read on the situation. Is they they were going down their list of people they would want to have. Mickey James came up. They called Mickey James. Mickey said, "Sure." I don't care that you sent my stuff back in a trash bag anymore. I would love to do the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then right as she was about to hang up the phone, she went, oop, well, crap, I'm the Impact uh, Knockouts champion. Yeah. So maybe we got to run it by them. And then I don't know if she called Impact or WWE called Impact or whoever called and said, hey, we want to book Mickey. Do you guys care? And I'm sure Impact said, nah, we don't really care. Just can you mention us in passing or in a tweet or on TV? And they said, sure. No, Impact probably thinks it's great. Yeah. Oh, and for their standpoint, they should. They should say, sure. Yeah, great. As long as you mention yeah. Impact. Yeah, we're fine. Or even if you don't mention Impact, that's fine. <laughs> we honestly don't care. But yeah, this idea that like Mickey is opening the portal of <laughs> Impact Wrestling yeah. as if Mickey James is like the best. I mean, she's not even the like, I don't even I don't even know if I would call her the. Is she a representative of Imp- like what's her alle- allegiance with Impact right now? I mean, she was brought in as, like, a special attraction, and she's obviously still the champion or whatever, but this isn't, like, yeah, if Moose shows up, then okay, we're talking. Like, if Scott Demore isn't, you know... Are we, though? Are we? Not really. I mean, we're talking at least a little bit, but we're talking about at least, like, a contracted Impact wrestler appearing. no No disrespect to Impact, but is there anyone there of any value to WWE? Not really. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. I don't I I mean I don't think Vince McMahon looks at anybody on that roster and says that they would, you know, be a benefit to his television. Nobody he doesn't think his fans know who give a shit about Moose. He probably looked at their and Mickey James would probably be his pick off of that roster cuz he feels like his audience knows who she is. He's not bringing Eddie Edwards in. You know what I mean? Like there's no one there of any value to WWE. But yeah, this is obviously just they wanted Mickey James, and this was part of the deal because she happened to be their champion at right. the time. That's all I. That's my read. Yeah. So if you're drafting up like the dream scenario of Impact and WWE, and you're thinking that you know you're, you're watching Hard to Kill, thinking, oh man, who from WWE is going to show up? Yeah. Uh, well, it was Tom Phillips who showed up. I guess it's the only person. But uh, yeah, it, it's 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 pretty pump the brakes, guys. It they called Mickey. Mickey's the Impact champion. Mickey will be in the Royal Rumble for four minutes, get tossed out. And that will be the end of the Impact WWE relationship. So. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not sending Roman Reigns to work Impact now. I mean, <laughs> right. it's not what we're getting here. Well, the people that have decided now that this is WWE is open for business, Joe. For the first time in their entire fucking lives, they are open for business and want to work with every single promotion ever. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that uh, this doesn't feel quite. I mean, hey, they went to Smoky Mountain in 1993, so I guess anything is possible. But uh, well, you only, you know, it's it's. Here's the thing. Impact works with everybody, but why shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's of course they should. Yeah, it's beneficial to Impact to have a relationship with New Japan and AEW and WWE and, and whoever. I mean, that's very beneficial to them because of their where they are, their their slot. Um, and AEW does it because if they can cut a good deal 
and get what they want out of these relationships with other companies. If if they can get Minoru Suzuki to come in and work a bunch of big matches against their top stars, then yeah, they'll 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 sit down and talk to New Japan. You know, if they can work out a deal with Impact where they'll send Kenny there, but he's going to be the world champion and he's going to lose on your terms to Christian Cage on your show, but get Kenny over as like this belt collector, then yeah, they'll do business. It's like, you know, so WWE, what's their incentive right now to do business with Impact? I don't understand what WWE gains from that. No. Nice. I, I I what do they there's no there's nothing of value for WWE because again I don't think Tony Khan's willing to send his wrestlers to Impact I don't think WWE is willing to do that so then what is there to gain on WWE's side of this a six minute Mickey James Royal Rumble run and that's it and that'll be the end of it I mean that's my read on it um, yeah I think people are. You know, fans are fans, and they're going to, you know, let their imaginations run wild. And I think a lot of it is WWE hardcore thinking that this is somehow WWE getting the one-up on AEW because AEW doesn't really work with Impact anymore. But I think the AEW Impact thing just ran its course. You know, it, it's, it was all about Kenny being the double champ, and, you know, and, and they had the Good Brothers on, on, uh, on their programming for a while, and it just ran its course. And... Both sides moved on. Um, I don't think this is a case of WWE bringing a better deal to the table for Impact. And, and <laughs> right, no, right, right. The, the other, the other AW. Yeah, I don't think Vince McMahon was losing sleep, going, "Oh God damn it, AEW's got to deal with Impact. We're screwed." You know? Yeah, like, the ninety thousand viewers they're 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 drawing on. Uh, you know, it, it's you know. So no, I, there's there's obviously nothing more to this. Um, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I am, though. I, I really don't think this is going to... Uh, as people Here's that have studied this business for many, many years, we are not wrong. I will tell you that. Would you have taken the belt off of Mickey James to prevent her from look from your champion looking like a geek in the world? Uh, or is that too nah, much? Right? Is nah. that 1970s thing? Yeah, that's that's some real like 1981 shit where Scott DeMora goes, all right, you know, if you're going to have her, she's got to win the Rumble because she's our champion. That's like, yeah, because I'm listening to your Joe Vember to remember from uh, from this past week on, on, on yeah. flagshippatreon.com. And yeah, there's like a double DQ and like the Coloss versus the, uh, what was it? It was the uh, Headhunters, Headhunters. Yeah. Uh, versus who are they against? The Coloss, right? Ivan Koloff and Vladimir Koloff. Yeah, and like nobody could lose because it's like, well, the headhunters are the IWA tag team. It's like nobody no, no, no. cares. It was, like, it was the, the headhunters were the wing tag yeah, team. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, who cares? <laughs> that the wing, ECW, like, well, ECW was, they were bringing in the wing crew. And, right, but nobody at wing and nobody, I mean, this is, and especially it's like 1993. Like no one's going to really know, you know, it's. But that was wrestling, yeah. man. They were just like, nah, we can't have the wing. You know, if, if word gets back to wing that these guys lost, it's going to be a big deal. And, and we laugh about that. But, like, it, this isn't that long ago that Ring of Honor lost their shit when Michael Huggan went to PWG and just lost in Bola. Well, see, I have the opposite opinion. I would not let my champion get thrown out of a Royal Rumble in six minutes. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't. Maybe yeah. it's silly. Well, Maybe I think it is antiquated. To, to their standpoint, they would rather just have it get mentioned. They rather get the yeah they they see the trade off being they're getting mentioned on Raw and SmackDown every week right and they're doing ninety thousand viewers and they could use all the help they can get I understand that but we've but here's the other thing about WWE we see where they take advantage of these things like remember when they did that favor to ECW and they sent Taz there to beat Mike Awesome 
or to remember when Mike Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Mike Awesome was for people that don't know Mike Awesome left ECW to go join WCW. Wild uh, champion. Yeah, wild champion. That was in the when they were bringing back uh, uh, Bischoff and 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 Russo or whatever. So that was the one of the big surprises for the first episode of the Bischo, Bischoff and Russo thing was that Mike Awesome was going to debut on Nitro. They obviously put him immediately with Kevin Nash, where immediately made him look small because that's what yeah. WCW did because they were stupid. Um, so yeah, so what then happened is they were in this weird spot where okay, Mike Awesome was their champion. He was in WCW, so WWE concocted this scenario that Taz, their wrestler would go to ECW to defeat Mike Awesome, a WCW wrestler. I think I think Heyman pitched it to WWE okay. on the premise of, okay, so Heyman's line of thinking was, my fans love Taz, and they would love Taz to come back, and that's going to get a gigantic pop. And the, his pitch to WWE was, one of your guys can beat their new guy. Yeah. So WWE agreed to that. But Rich, what happened on the following Raw? Well, then Taz I believe, yeah, it was either Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Mr. Taz, the ECW World Champion, faced one Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and uh, Joe he ate a pedigree and lost very easily. So very quickly, yes. Very swiftly. So yeah, the ECW World uh, Champion was decimated by Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and in, in so basically WWE <laughs> double crossed Heyman because now they got the best of both worlds. Their wrestler beat Mike Awesome or took it. Well, it was like a wacky three way. I don't remember the particulars, but their wrestler. Yeah, Masato Tanaka a, was in it too, I believe, right? Yeah. Their wrestler took a title from Mike Awesome. And then they also got Triple H to squash the ECW champion. So they got one over on both companies <laughs> by agreeing to that deal. Yes. And, that's, and that's the kind of thing. Now, listen. Again, we just talked about like, oh, WWE doesn't care about They MLW. care so much. <laughs> you, so this is my point. You don't think that right now they're thinking about, oh, Mickey James is the Impact Champion? We can humiliate her in this match. We can have her thrown out in 30 seconds. We could have her do something embarrassing backstage. And if you think they're above that, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not, yeah. Which is I, why I say, even though it's 1970s thinking, I would not send Mickey James there as my champion. Yeah. I wouldn't because it's too dangerous that they're going to do something stupid and make her look like a fool. So maybe I'm the guy stuck in the past and maybe it really doesn't matter, but I think I there's a good chance. Yeah. I, I am a little bit more on the optimistic side that they don't care anymore, that they care so little about impact that they wouldn't care. But we just we're just talking about a lawsuit where they allegedly cared a lot about MLW on Tubi. So, um, yeah, I I I don't put it past them, and, and you might ultimately be right when it's all said and done that you know because remember she used to well uh, was no that Natalia was the farter right she was the one that I farted. Mickey was just uh, fat and ugly, right? Mickey was fat and ugly. Yes. Because yeah. when I Mickey see Mickey James, I go, wow, yeah. what a fat, hideous-looking woman that girl is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I look at Mickey James, I think, ooh, yucky. I'd never fuck her. <laughs> yeah. God, that woman yeah. is fat. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Absolutely disgusting. Oh, yeah, the color no. pig. Yeah. Piggy James, right? Yeah. Because she – Piggy yeah. James. Yeah. yeah. Piggy James, yes. Piggy James. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Woefully unattractive woman. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. Absolutely. God. Horrendous. Yeah, just, yeah. Makes Idiot. me sick when I see her on the screen. <laughs> yeah. She's just Pinky, sickening Pinky how gross Jane. she is. Yeah. I was uh, a couple I, – I, yeah, I put some random wrestling on sometimes, and I was uh, – there was a, a segment back in 2000 when uh, – so it was Trish Stratus, and it was uh, Molly Holly, and the whole joke was that Molly Holly had a big ass. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, man, like – 
that was a few years ahead. She'd of be that. the most over wrestler in the world. Like, yeah. think about Molly Holly on Instagram these days. People would be like, oh, look at that ass. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. the whole story is like everybody, like Terry and Trish and Lita, and they're all like, look at how big her ass is. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. Molly in 2022 would be killing it. Yeah, and those other women would be getting ass implants. To, right, uh, right, yeah. It's pretty To odd. match the size of her. It's uh, pretty incredible how, uh, how quickly things change. But uh, yeah. Of her so. tushy. You ever use the word tushy? I have never used the word tushy. And, and, and the only time I use the word tushy is when I ordered the tushy bidet, which, by the way, speaking of people that don't sponsor us, would you know, Joe, that I, I emailed those guys and I said, you know what? I bought one of your bidets just because I wanted to. Yeah. Installed it. Enjoyed a lot. Hey, I host this podcast, sent them all the numbers, ran everything. Never, yeah. Oh, you're just trying to cut deals left. Must have, must have got lost in the spam folder, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, didn't get a thank you for your inquiry. We're not you know just what, interested though, at this time, you know. It's fine. To, be fair, to be fair, Rich, how often do we get emails from people trying to solicit deals from us and we just delete that shit? I give them hard numbers. It's their loss. We could be talking about our clean assholes right now, and they're they fucked up. So that's fine. You, uh, this is why you're secretly sassy. <laughs> it's I their fault. They, they're lost. They're that's all I'm gonna say. They're lost. I they can hear the. They, I can hear the. I, I was trying to tell them that uh, can they have they they have no idea what they're missing out on. Joe Lanza doing 20 minutes about a clean asshole. You know what I mean? You're right. That's their I mean, loss, and they're idiots. So that's you know. Those would be tremendous ad reads. We would definitely sell some of these things. There's no question about it. Did you try squatty potty? Maybe I did no. not try the squatty potty. No, that's that's the one where you uh, you like sit on it, right? It's like a it angles your anus perfectly, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you get a nice clean shit, like the squatty potty. Like it's the uh, the premise is human toilets aren't designed for maximum <laughs> for the shitting. anus. Yeah, isn't designed for the proper anus. Like we're not at the right angle. Like if we were in the wild, like cavemen, we would not be in the position that we're in when we sit on a toilet. We yes. would be, and the squatty potty. They're getting a free ad here. Yeah, I was going to say, fuck these guys. <laughs> don't, don't give them too much here. This is the live airing. We'll cut this. And the squatty <laughs> potty puts you in the natural position you would be if you were squatting like in your backyard to take a shit. Right? That's what they do. And it, it allegedly, you take a healthier shit because you're at the proper angle. That's the deal with the squatty potty, which is a little different than the thing you're talking about. All right. I am uh, signing up for these. They have an uh, uh, affiliate. Body potty. I'm sign up for that right now. By the time this episode's done, we will indeed be, be doing squatty potty uh, uh, ad reads. Have you ever used a squatty potty? Uh, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the forbidden door. Uh, I don't think it's very open. <laughs> Joe clearly doesn't think it's very open. But uh, I also can we do a moratorium on forbidden door? Like the term. We're no, done. The term's done. We're done with it. I don't think it's done. I think it's part of the lexicon now. Ugh. Where did it start? Because it wasn't Tony Khan. It was Tanahashi, and I believe it was a mistranslated Tanahashi promo. And then Chris that Jericho was. picked up on it. And then, so it was either it was either Jericho. I think it started with Tanahashi and a mistranslate. And then I definitely know it started with Chris Jericho. And then from then on, it it it, it kind of took on a life of its own. Oh, it started in New Japan. I think so. Okay, because Tony Khan co-opted it. Yes. Then Jericho used it, and then Khan. And then yeah, it's just it not from that point forward. It's just been used by everybody. Because then Khan said, "I am the forbidden." Door. <laughs> right. <laughs> remember, like he's I like, remember that. I am the forbidden door. 
Like, and he's right because without him, there is no forbidden. Like, no, he's right. He's right. It's just, it's such a Tony yeah. Khan yeah. thing. Totally. <laughs> I am the forbidden door. Yeah, I am the forbidden door. Like, please, <laughs> please credit me for the forbidden door. And, yeah, he, and he's mean, not I wrong. Can, like, but... See him typing. I can hear him saying, like, <laughs> I am the forbidden door. Like, yeah, without question. Um, this is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. All right, so there you go. Well, uh, well, since we're on the topic of Impact Wrestling, we have not talked about Impact in quite a while. We, I think, it was somewhere time in the summer, the fall of twenty the twenty one, that we just kind of said, you know what, Impact, we're kind of done with them for a while. Um, and then I heard a lot of praise. So this hard to kill pay per view uh, over the weekend. Uh, so I watched it. I believe you watched the entire show as well. And uh, I would say this was a really good show. This I, I I don't know if I'm all in on on Impact again. I don't think I'm watching the weekly television again. But I think this is a pretty uh, I I like the show. I think there was a lot to like on on Hard to Kill. We got like a half hour left in this show. Uh, we have no. We have an so, hour. We have forty five minutes. So, so um, am I coming through okay on your end? Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. All right, because you have sounded like shit for this entire show, oh, but no. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything until it was almost over because I know you get anxious and you're gonna like. Thank you. You're gonna want to test all the equipment. And all this <laughs> I will. So I just figured if he thinks everything's okay and I sound good and it's all recording fine, then I don't really give a shit if you sound horrible on my end. So I just wanted to bring that up, but I wanted to wait because I didn't want to say before the show because then you were gonna like go through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You were gonna be all anxious about it. But uh, as long as it's coming, listen, you're the one recording it. So if it's coming, I through think okay the for live you, listeners, I think they would have said something. So the no dope chat room hasn't said anything. So yeah, they yeah. say we both sound good. So I will just deal with your incredibly right. crackly voice for the remaining 45 minutes. Yeah, hard to kill. Um, this is the yearly joke reminder that impact will never die because of the name of this pay per view. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was a damn good show. I think. Uh, uh, I think it wasn't quite as good as some of the buzz, but it was a solid show from top to bottom. There was some stuff uh, that I really liked and some other stuff that I thought actually fell a little short, but I guess we're going to go through it, right? So, um, Yeah, let, let's do it. So I think first off, um, the thing I want to talk about uh, the most was the production of this and, and, and mostly the commentary team. So Matt Stryker finished up uh, with, with Impact, which um, – no tears for me, at least on that. So uh, yeah. I used to be a striker defender, and I just I can't anymore. I just can't. It, it's you know the other thing with striker is he his voice is just associated with with his reputation now. Yes, and if he's on your show, even if he's not being because striker at his worst is the worst play-by-play guy that the worst and it's nowhere the the worst so far the worst when he's at his worst the worst that isn't kevin gill but i don't know if we count kevin he no that's a different division all to all to it he's a different universe of awful he just shouldn't even be doing the job but outside of kevin gill striker at his worst is the worst maybe that there's ever been at the job okay and i think so even when he's just being mediocre and he's just a replacement level announcer. 
the sound of his voice you associate it with with just all with just shit yeah so i think he's a net negative at this point to have on your show for sure i i, I would agree yeah and it's just he's just like and especially uh, like lately in the last few years and this is actually he's done this all the time it's like every moment is like the biggest moment he's like you'll always remember where you yeah. were at this time and it's like all right it's willie mag versus like you know, yeah. eric young yeah. reel it in pal yeah. like it's all right <laughs> Like, calm down. He's like, Willie Mac does it for the world. He does it for all of us. He wrestles because he loves wrestling. <laughs> it's just like, all yeah. right. It's a, it's a four-minute opener. Chill yeah. out, man. Yeah, it's calm down. Calm down. So, uh, you know, at F4W, they do their best of the year show where it's like audio clips from all the shows. And there was one this year. Uh, it was Vinny V reviewing some Impact pay-per-view. And it's it's Matt Stryker. He asked Steel Brown. He goes, D'Lo, do you think the Good Brothers can lose, or can they win this match, or whatever? And it's just like Striker asking D'Lo if they can win this match, and yeah. they're watching the pay per view, and he's like, "Vinny's like, Matt, we're watching the pay per view, we're finding <laughs> out right now, like we're gonna find yeah. out as the course yeah. of this match. Like, yeah. why are you asking this question?" But he has to fill every second with something. There sure. has to be a phrase, there has to be a question. He must fill time with noise, and it's no, Matt, you don't have to. So, um, um. Bad Mike match, uh, bad match striker versus Adnan Verk. I think striker's worse. I think striker's much worse. Yeah. Bad match striker versus Mike Adamley. <sighs> See, I, I feel bad making fun of Mike Adamley now that we know he's like brain dead, <laughs> that he was clearly going through like some horrible CT issues at that time. So, um, I still think striker. <laughs> I, I, I think striker. I'd rather have the guy who just makes honest mistakes. Yes. And gets a name wrong or or whatever than a guy who's just. <laughs> what was the just, match that we said? This was months ago that we said Matt Striker's like you'll always remember where you were when this moment happened, and it was something you could pick one. There's it been, was something ridiculous. It was like Trey Miguel winning the X Division title. He's like you'll always remember this moment. It was like Sammy Callahan or something. Yeah, which by the way, we don't remember the moment because I don't remember what the moment was. But yeah, it's his a good point. <laughs> right, I guess. He was wrong, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah, he You'll was always not remember right. where you were when you saw this moment. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. No, we didn't remember, Matt. We did not remember. Um, I love that. Do you think the Good Brothers can win this match? We're watching them in a match right now. We'll find out. Do you remember a few months ago where he popped up on MLB Network as a fantasy expert? Did you see yes. That or no? Yeah, I did see a clip of that. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Now Matt straight. <laughs> like, I know yeah, he's a big him. fantasy player and he like always has been, but that cool. was that was weird. Um. Yeah. So. So anyway, Facebook Phillips is here. Yeah, Facebook Phillips, and, and he was great. He was, I thought he was awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I thought he was. You know what? I didn't notice him, which means he was fine. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I had to keep reminding myself that Facebook Phillips was doing the show because I wanted to pay attention to his performance. So that tells me he was fine because I kept forgetting who was in the booth, which means the booth was fine. Yeah, I, I would say one thing that I did love about him is that he clearly had done his re- has done his research and was oh, yeah. up on, up to speed on all, everything going on in TNA. He even made sure to let you know how much up to speed he was because he'd be like, "Yeah, this guy," and he'd like mention angles at length, and then like after the women's X division title, he's like, "Oh, add them to the list of Petey Williams and Chris." Saban. <laughs> he just listed like. 10 yeah. guys that have been an ultimate X or whatever, but I appreciate, you know what? I will always take over-researched over Kevin Gill. You know what I mean? Like I will always oh, take yeah. a guy who, who goes out there and, and, and knows all the names, knows all the moves, knows all the angles, knows the history. Even if he, even if it's not true, even if 
Facebook Phillips wasn't watching, you know, every episode of Impact, which I don't expect him to do that. But you know what? When you get the job, when you get the gig, you sit down, you research, you, you get up to speed. And he absolutely did that. So so a ton of credit to him on that. He did the work. He never once sounded lost. No. And he knew the names, too, which I thought was I mean, because it seems easy. Oh, well, you're doing the commentary. You should know the names. The, he called a lot of these guys matches in WWE, like in the last six months. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you not fuck up Zack Ryder and call Matt Cardona? How do you not fuck up W. Morrissey and not call him Big Cass? You know what I mean? Like, I still call Jimmy Susumu Jimmy Susumu. I just called him Jimmy Susumu. He's not Jimmy Susumu. He's Susumu. Yeah. We just stopped calling Kevin Owens Kevin Steen like a year I ago. Still, I still say Kevin Steen. It's so long. I still fuck. This man is, is able to on live, you know, on a pay-per-view call W. Morrissey, call him W. Morrissey yeah. and not call him Big Cass yeah. and call Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona and not even mess up his moves either, which have changed their names as well. I mean, that's all pretty important stuff. No, he did a professional job. Yeah. So, and, so- and he didn't do a lot of he left all the WWE isms at the door. You know what I mean by that? Like he didn't he wasn't going tag. Like and he's been doing that for 10 years. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So he left all of that stuff at the door cuz he knew he didn't have to do it anymore and he just did a professional job and uh he stayed out of the way and he didn't he wasn't overbearing and he did his homework and that's all you can say. And he still has us blocked on Twitter. I, I guess, was gonna say I, I I would like to DM him and tell him nice job. Uh, he has blocked us on Twitter. So and rightfully so. He should have blocked us on Twitter to be honest. Earn the we earned that block. We definitely uh, that yeah, that's that's one that I see and I go, Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yep. fair. That one we deserve. We call we 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 to this day call him face fuck Phillips. Yeah, right. And if you notice the man is not wearing a wedding ring, so that situation clearly ended his uh engagements or you know, so um, but chances were, if, look, the chances are, if he was trying to face fuck one girl, there were more. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a one-time yeah. thing, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't get caught on the one and only attempts to do a little face fucking. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I don't know if he ever got married, but all I know is he wasn't wearing a ring because I made note of that in my little notes here that he had no ring on his no, finger. But uh, we earned that block. And uh, if face fuck is listening, you have every right to hate us. We're still calling you face fuck. Like I just called you face fuck three seconds ago. <laughs> right. And we'll continue to call you face fuck. But, yes. uh, but good job on, on hard to kill. Nice job uh, doing the research and, and getting up to speed. So uh, quickly, the pre-show matches here. Yeah, Jake Sutton versus Madman Fulton. I did but watch the not, pre-show. He, he's not Phillips, though. He's Tom Hannafan. So is he like teabag Tom? Like what are we calling him here? Like I'm going to still call him it? face fuck Phillips. Um no it's not fair Tom. because that's yeah. T- I don't want to call him Teabag Tom. Like no. Well, it's got to have alliteration, you know. No, you're you're right. You're right. I don't. I'm not ready to stop calling him Facebook Phillips. So let, let's let's have this discussion later. I, I I'm not ready yet. Oh, you're not ready to let go. He's ba- he's back in the news again. I think I think we need to keep the Facebook Phillips up for a little bit at least. Okay. Fair enough. But soon. But soon we, we will. Yeah. Maybe Teabag Tom or something like that. We'll we'll figure out. <laughs> maybe we'll ask him. <laughs> We'll, we'll 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 work our channels and see if we can uh we can get a one on one with uh myself and 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 Tom Hannafin so we can try to figure Rich, out. Rich, I really don't think he's interested. Yeah, uh, probably not. Okay, uh, pre show match here. We had uh, Jake something Madman Fulton. I did watch the pre show because I was told I had to watch the pre show because of some big news here and, and big notes. Uh, Jake something Madman Fulton, decent enough little prelim match. No strong thoughts on that. I don't think you probably do either. You didn't even ask me if I watched the pre show. Joe, did you watch the pre show? You didn't even do the bit back at me. You always do. You, you work hard. You work harder than I do. So I did watch the pre-show. <laughs> I 
didn't watch the pre-show. That's so. fair. Uh, so the reason I did watch it is Mike Bailey. Speedball Mike Bailey made his return. First match in the U.S. in about six years, I think. Five or six years. I forget exactly the timeline. I was him, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Laredo Kid. People were like, you have to watch this match because... Mike Bailey's back, and this is, I didn't want to burst everyone's bubble, but if you've listened to the flagship, we are, I don't want to say we're the number one, like, Mike Bailey haters, I just, I don't know, I I, I don't know if you're the same as, as I've been for the years, I think he's fine, I don't know, people fucking love Speedball Mike Bailey, and I'm like, I even in the peak PWG days, I was like, hey, he's fine, I've never gotten uh, it on the level that some people get it at. Uh, the Euros tend to really love Mike Bailey. Maybe because he had great matches against the lad Peter Peckinpah or whoever the fuck ten years ago <laughs> in in a cave in fucking Blackpool or something. But I I always thought he was competent, but I never really got the overhype. I'd like he was, you know what? He had a couple of really good weekends in Rev Pro earlier this year. I will say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked his work there, but during peak Mike Bailey, like before he got banned from the U S and everything. And he was like, I agree. I thought there was an element of overhype there. And I still don't really love his look. Just get some fucking boots. I, I don't like the bear. You know, I hate barefoot with. Oh boots. yeah. Yeah. I think that was the, that was the biggest point of contention you had about Mike Bailey for years is the fucking, the no boots. It just looks a little rent. I, I just, the barefoot with the kick pads looks a little rent. Like pick a lane, either go barefoot and get rid of the kick pads or get some fucking boots. I just can't stand it. Um, go buy some Asics gels. Would it kill you to get some fucking shoes of some type on your feet? That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How do you look here? He looked decent. He looked decent. Yeah, it, about the same as always. I don't know. I I, I hate to. I don't want to like rag on the guy. It's just I don't see it. I don't see what other people see in him. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I'll give him a chance, and I'm glad he's back in the U.S. I mean, he definitely. I'd rather watch him than a lot of the other guys I have to watch wrestle. So, uh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, yeah, people are like, oh, you got to see. He came back and he's awesome. You know, I, I just, I'm never on that level with Mike Bailey. So, I hate to say that. But uh, anyway, uh, then the show started here. Uh, Ultimate X match. Knockouts Ultimate X. The first ever knockout Ultimate X. Uh, Tasha Steeles, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, Alicia Edwards, Chelsea Green, and Lady Frost. Tasha Steeles gets the win. Uh, yeah, what'd you think of this one? There was there was things happened, but I don't know that. Yeah, it was a little, a little sloppy. Yeah, it's all right. You know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Am I supposed to think it was really good, or uh, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the consensus is on it. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was like good action. But yeah, it was kind of. I think I'd really want to watch again. Uh, a match that I thought way, way over-delivered what I wanted. The X Division title match here. Uh, Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin. I thought this was really good. Yeah, you know, my problem with this is um, Steve Macklin has no charisma. Like, this guy... I, oh, he's just, like a wrestler factory guy. Like, yeah, it is. He He's like a 2008 FCW graduate guy. Even though, hey, you know what? <laughs> Joe, I have a thought. <laughs> this guy acts like a guy who came from FCW in the mid-2000s, but... Uh... He, to me, he's like before the forty-year-old guy on. That's the joke. He's the forty-year-old guy on your block who who jogs on Saturdays and you wave hello to him. Like I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I have that guy. Yeah, I have that guy for sure. I know. Yeah, and you know, and and when he's jogging without his shirt on, you take a quick peek at your wife to see if she's taking a look. You know what I mean? That guy. You know? I, I yes, <laughs> I know the guy. That's, I have a guy. Yeah, I have that guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, know? that guy has a smoking hot wife, so it's 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 good for me because 
I did notice those peaks before, and then one time I was like, ah, you know, his wife's really hot, right? And she went, oh, really? Uh, and then that was ended, the end of so, that, yeah. Because yeah. you're taking a peak yourself. That's, that's Yeah, so we even, the, we even the odds there, so it's good. Well, you got to invite them over, you know, and then you could. Yeah, they, they, they run a lot. So like, you never know. Yeah, I don't want to hang out. Get them over the house, do a little swapping. It, right? No, no. It, like, no? It started, we had ice the other day. It was like ice was coming down. It was just fucking raining ice. And, and I look out and I'm like, this fucking asshole's definitely going to go out running, isn't he? No, I, I'm not kidding. Four minutes later, there he is out running. <laughs> there I'm he like, is. Fuck this guy. <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I'm not going out with like, oh, it's raining. I got to get out there and run, guy. Like, that's, no, I'm not hanging out with that guy. Rich's nemesis. If the wife right. wants to come, I mean, she could definitely come over for sure. So. Oh, well, Rich, you can't have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> oh, all right. That's the fine. nurse has to benefit. Then from fine, this. they you can can't. both come over. So, all right. Um, well, that's a weird way to talk about a Steve McLeod. Yeah, but... Steve McLeod, Jeremy Gell. I thought this was good. I thought this was good action between these two guys. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, Chris Saban, speaking of another great match here, ROH world title here, so you brought Ian Riccoboni in, you talked about Ring of Honor, a nice little uh, uh, pluggerooski for, for Ring of Honor here, and they went out there and they had a damn good match. I went four flat with it. Uh, I mean, it's fucking Chris Saban versus Jonathan Gresham. Like, you know what I mean? They, these guys, any day of the week could wrestle uh, and, and do it well. So yeah, I thought this was really good. 12 minutes, didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, two just great professional wrestlers having a great professional wrestling match here. Uh, you know, I've always dreamed of a face fuck Phillips and Riccoboni D'Lo Brown commentary. <laughs> right. And the long held, if you could make a dream announcing team, it would be in Riccoboni, D'Lo Brown, and, uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> face fuck Phillips. <laughs> That's what we got here. So, um, yeah, maybe the best match on the show, right? Maybe. The uh, I would say, yeah, I, I really, actually, you know what? Honestly, the next match maybe might. Maybe the next one? Yeah, I yeah. thought this was two fucking bulls at it. Jo- Josh Alexander and Jonah. Uh, I would go either way. If you're, if you're going to watch Hard to Kill and you don't have the time to watch the entire show, definitely Gresham and, and, and Saban I can recommend. I would probably recommend Miguel and Macklin, but on the low end of recommend, recommending it, I am... Go out of your way to watch Josh Alexander and Jonah, too, because I think this is only the beginning of Jonah. He's going to have, I think, a great run in 2022. Uh, and Josh Alexander is a guy that I think has had a great 2021, underrated 2021. Uh, and it looks like he's going to continue that into 2022, too. I thought these this was awesome. Two dudes just going out there and busting their asses. Two bulls. I, I, thought, this was, I thought this rocked. I really, really like this match. I went, I went four and a quarter on this one. Why isn't he Jonah Rock? That's a question for Jonah, I guess. I don't know. He's all caps Jonah, right? It's all caps, I believe. Yeah, I guess. Like, uh, he's a heel. Like Nosawa. So, yeah. Well, Nosawa. He's a like heel. Kenta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is he still TMDK or is he still riding with those guys? Uh, I think so, right? Didn't he? Uh, I thought when he got released, he, he, he put out some tweets about it. So. Did he? All right. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, but what do you think of this one? They're you... back together with uh, Shane Haste. Yeah, they're all available again. Yeah, they're all va- They can all just get on the same continent at the same time. That, that's the only thing that's stopping it. So, uh... yeah. But to any any thoughts about uh, Alexander and Jonah before we move on? No, it was really good. I thought those were the two best matches on the show. Uh, Hardcore War. Uh, this was Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Heath, Rhino versus uh, Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Doc Ellis. Uh, I just – it's plunder. I'm done with plunder. I'm done. I got no time for this shit. I, Shane Taylor I, and, and Kenny King, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. That was a fight that had plunder, so I like yeah. that. This was just – a, pl- a match to have plunder. And this started a trend where the re- the last hour of the show was just plunder, 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 plunder. And I was, I'm like, not, not into it. And yeah, I, I, I got no time for 30 minutes of guys hitting each other with cookie sheets and shit. I just, Does I'm this done. have to be a half hour long with an angle. 
I mean, I know. yeah, I don't know. I just did this, this, this was the kind of match where I kept catching myself fucking around on my phone instead of paying attention. Cause I just don't care. Yeah. About it. And, well, the thing, if you, if you do want to watch anything from this match, watch what happens immediately after the match, which I'm sure is available yeah. somewhere on, on YouTube or on, on, on Twitter or whatever. Uh, Cause post-match you had an invading ring of honor, former ring of honor groups. You had uh, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Vincent and PCO showing up uh, and beating down everybody. Uh, a really cool feud here. Uh, I loved how Ian Riccoboni on Twitter said, no, 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 I had nothing to do with that. I didn't know that they were going to do that. So trying to keep his face, you know, side. It's, yes. it's, yeah. it's, it's good boy Ian Riccoboni saying, I had no idea, no. Because <laughs> yeah. people are like, Ian, why didn't you tell us? And he's like, no, I didn't know. So uh, I love well, that. What about the contents of the, like you had Balloon Guy and you had. Yeah, it's Balloon Guy, Maria, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and PCO. It's So you have the kingdom a guy who split off from the kingdom and had a blood feud with Matt Taven mm-hmm. and PCO for some reason. And they're all like together now. Uh, it's kind of a weird dynamic. Like balloon guy has his own dudes. He's got his own stable. Right. And he split off from, uh, from the kingdom. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. We know yeah, that it was PCO- a cool, it was like a cool beat down and a cool, thing like that but yeah i don't know what's next and i don't know that i'm super excited about it but it it, it was at least PCO newsworthy is, pco signed i don't know about the other ones yeah i know that they signed pco which i mean honestly god that's well you know, i was kind of happy getting, to be done with pco but i guess i'm not so he's getting a lot of mileage out of fucking wrestlemania weekend in louisiana from fucking five years ago isn't he yeah i mean oh, god. good for him i guess but no i mean he, yeah god this guy's had i mean think about like how much of an extra run he's gotten it's as long as like his first run is like first i mean when you talk about his 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 WWE, wwf to wcw run like if think about how long that lasted like we're that, right up there right that walter match feels like it took place in 1923 <laughs> i know I mean, remember the Walter match? I do. It was great. Yeah, that was like the, oh, my God, this guy can still go. It's, 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 yeah. So I'm trying to remember when he, so he came into WWF again in 1993. That's when the Quebecers came to WWF. And then he was out of WCW by 1997. Didn't the Quebecers briefly go back to the Oh, they did go back. Okay, so that screws it up a little bit. They did go back. Like in 99 or something Yeah, 98, 99, they did go back for a little bit. Um, so he had three runs in WWE. Yes, yeah. And well, then, was his John Pierre Lafitte run broken up from the first Quebecer run or a repackaging? Um, that may have been the same. Run. I think it was a repackage. I think it was a repackage because they were the Quebecers, obviously in '93. John Pierre Lafitte is '95, like late '95. Yeah, but I think that's the end of it, though. So I think once the Quebecers are done. Then they move to per- uh, John uh, Pierre Lafitte, yeah. and then he's done from there. And then they join at WCW as the amazing French Canadians or whatever. Yes, but they did. Go, you're they right. They did back. go back for a little bit, not long though. I think like Very a few brief. different things. And then I know that he would go back to WCW in 2000, but only for like a very very brief thing. I think he did some stuff with Lance Storm or whatever, and then got in trouble because he wanted to go over uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash and. Montreal or something like that. I forget what happened, but um. Well, those fucking Quebec, those, those fucking they French drew. Canadians, they would draw, draw, draw like crazy. And they are protective as hell of yes. fucking working there. Like you know, 
So, you know, it, it, you know, we, we talk all the time how how um, Jacques Rougeau somehow talked Hulk Hogan into losing to him. In, in, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, Hogan's got like five pinfall losses in his entire career, and one of them is <laughs> Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau on an indie show. Like, that's that, yeah, yeah. he's just like, so that's like no joke to Yeah, him. and I'm pretty so sure I, that happened with, uh, I, I don't, I, I just closed the window, so I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that, that, that uh, PCO. Had to go over Kevin Nash in Montreal, but then like the next day they fired him or something like that. Or they brought him in because they were going to have that. They said he had to do he had to work some nitros, so then they just beat him like a fucking drum on like three straight nitros, and then he just left. So I don't even have any recollection. Of yeah, it was something like that. It was very brief. Like they brought him in because they wanted some dumb angle with Lance Storm, I think, and then they were going to book Montreal because they thought, hey, you know, we'll book him in Montreal. Then he was like, fuck that, no, I'm beating Kevin Nash in Montreal. There's no way I'm losing. And then they brought him back, and then they just beat his ass, I think, for a couple weeks, and then he left. So, anyway, uh, back to Impact uh, Hard to Kill. Uh, yeah, Impact World uh, title three way match. Again, I don't know why this had to be a three way Moose, Cardona, Morrissey. Just a lot of, I, I don't know. I, I did not like this match. I thought a lot of guys hitting each other with shit, a lot of interferences. A lot, it just would have been way better. I mean, honestly, it seems insane to say that Moose versus W. Morrissey would have been way better than this, but it absolutely would have, and Moose versus Matt Cardona would have been absolutely better than this, too. So, I will say this. Matt Cardona works his ass off no matter where he goes. He did. I thought that he was definitely the hardest worker in this match. And that's nothing against the other guys. He was busting his ass. He bleeds for Nick Gage. He works hard when he's here. He worked hard in AEW. He goes to NWA and works hard. And not just physically. He'll work social media and and make sure that you know where he's going to be. Even if it's in character, which is fine. He works hard to promote the shit that he does too. So that's probably explains why everyone on earth books the guy because he gives you a good effort in the building. He gives you a good effort on social media and he's really become like a standout freelancer. Yeah. Like he's everywhere and, and he's really carved himself a niche. I thought he was just going to do his little toy podcast for the rest of his life with Myers. And that would be that maybe do a couple Northeast wrestling shows and kind of do that circuit. But no, it's been total opposite. He's been everywhere and done everything, and he works his ass off. Yeah, and, and it's all working out. I mean, he's going to be in, in arguably the main event of uh, the Hammerstein show for GCW. He was in the semi-main event here for Impact. Like, it's, it's, it's paid off for him. It's worked. And he, he's... You know what's going to happen? He's going to fuck around and get, and get rehired. Oh, That's for sure. Gonna yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to get a buzz that, that someone's going to hire him soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the main event here was Impact Knockouts title, Texas Deathmatch, Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo. I thought a, a, a bit of a – so I was kind of curious. Like, going into this match, I thought for sure Deanna Perrazzo was going to beat Mickey James and get that title back. I do wonder if possibly the WWE Royal Rumble thing, like, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, if they yeah. wanted to have Mickey James as the champion, kind of changed their mind uh, on that um, and saying, hey, we want her to stay as the champion. So they mentioned that she's the champion on the Royal Rumble. I don't know what their plans were. I don't know if that was the goal with this match. Um I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, this I wanted to like this match more, but I just didn't like. I hate. I think Texas Death Matches, Last Man Standing Matches, absolutely stink, and they just need to go away forever because they're just not good and compelling in, in 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 modern wrestling. They just don't work in modern wrestling. I know they both, you know, bladed and all that. And- oh, they worked their asses off here, and that's that's what I wanted to love this match. I wanted to say, I want to come on the show and say, wow, these two girls went out there and busted their ass, worked their asses off, had a great, have been, they've had a really good feud too. They've been working their asses off in all this feud. I was ready to say I wanted to love this match because <sighs> these women busted their ass, but I just, I, 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 yeah, I think there was too much 
that I didn't like about this match. I'm going to tell you my main problem with this match is Texas death match. The problem here was Deanna Peraza beat Mickey James about a half a dozen times. And they approached the Texas Deathmatch stip entirely in the wrong way. The idea behind the Texas Deathmatch should be, we're having this intense blood feud, and not only can I beat you, but I can beat you and you won't be able to get to your feet. That's how bad I'm going to beat you. Right. Right? It should not be like a last man standing WWE style match where you do a thousand falls and then do the one, two. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like Deanna Frost did a DET and then one, two, three. All right, now we have to see if Mickey James can get up at 10. And it's like, yeah. dude, she scored a fall within the first minute of the match with a submission. Like, Peraza immediately beat Mickey James. And then moments later, she pinned her on the ramp. Like, your champion just got beat twice in the first five minutes of the match. That's not what the Texas death match should be. It should be just a fucking, a regular, like, no rules, no DQ match that goes 20 minutes or whatever. And there's, like, maybe one or two falls at the very end. Right, you, you pin get, them when you know that you think that you've absolutely killed them and they're absolutely dead. Yeah, they get pinned during what would be the natural course of action that they'd get pinned in a normal match. Right. Repeatedly doing a bunch of falls runs counter to what the, the stipulation's supposed to be. It just makes Mickey James look like a geek because she lost to Deanna Peraza like five or six times in 19 minutes. And if this match didn't have this stip, that wouldn't have been the case. So it it, it breaks your suspension of disbelief, number one. It makes the babyface champion look like a geek, number two. And I guess their idea was, well... We're going to show how tough Mickey is because none of these falls could finish her off. No, she looks like a geek because she got beat six times, you know, and and it should be one big fall at the end. Right. In a normal match, she would have lost in a minute and Deanna Praza would be the champion and And the main event would be over in a minute. It should be one big fall at the end. And if your baby face survives that one and gets to their feet, that's fine. But you can't have your baby face get beat six times in a match like this. It was ridiculous. It reminded me of those awful WWE last man standing matches. Yeah. <laughs> is the worst stipulation that they it's do. It's the worst. It sucks. It's and that's what this was. This was not this was not structured the way a Texas death match should be structured. And um I and for that reason I just you know, I appreciate their efforts, I appreciate the blood. Mickey James is another person who's working hard all over the place and everything, but I did not like this at all. This was, uh, I just wanted it to be over. The last third of this show, I just wanted all of it to be over. Yeah. In fact, after the the, the Moose three-way, it really I, thought fell. The show, yeah, I thought the show was over, and I was annoyed because I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that there's this match. And then, uh, and then I didn't like it on top of it, so um, – the show didn't end very well for me. No, I kind of ended on, on, on a, a down note because I thought the first half of the show was like tremendous, tremendous stuff. But yeah, the last half, like it sucked because there was a lot of effort. But I think some of the some of the failings of Impact kind of showed through uh, in, in this one. Just you know, trying to trying to mimic WWE a little bit too much. Trying uh, doing you know the the three way dance, doing the triple threat match, doing the you know the Texas Death match like a last man standing match. It's just you know do your own thing. Like you don't need to do this. Well, and the that, hardcore war is a knockoff war game. Right, right, right. So it felt like they were doing dollar store versions of a lot of 
things at the last. And it's just like you don't have to do that. Like, And they proved that in the opener. And they proved that throughout the first half of the show that you have a really fun roster. They have a very good roster. And just doing Moose versus W. Morrissey would have been fine. Or just doing Moose versus Cardona would have been fine. Just doing Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James in a no disqualification match would have been fine. You know, but they had to kind of gimmick it up. And, and yeah, I think it ended up hurting the show uh, a lot. But I, I think overall I enjoyed the show. But I, I think the last half did kind of end with a whimper. So. All right, so we got about 10 minutes here, so let's quickly go over, uh, <laughs> geez, did you ever think, well, it's not really a Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, we're calling it Wrestle Kingdom 3, or Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena, or whatever, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's not really, but uh, anyway, New Japan versus Noah, Wrestle Kingdom, what did you think of, of, of this show, were you excited after watching it, were you inspired by New Japan versus Noah, or what did you think of the whole, uh, whole, whole deal here, Wrestle Kingdom Night 3, uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena? Um... By the way, not available yet on the streaming services. We've had a few people say, oh, are they available? They're not. We uh couple days. Yeah. Soon. Um, but we're really important people, so we get you know, we get hooked up. Um I thought it was a whole lot of nothing. And I really don't have a lot of strong thoughts. My only strong thoughts are the young boy pre-show match. Did you watch that? I did. I did. That rock. I thought that was the best match on the show, maybe until. Well, I think it may have been the best match on the show. Honestly, I liked honestly the first two matches, but I think are were those both pre-show? Were the old guys versus Funky Express? Was that, that a pre-show, was pre-show match? Yeah, yeah. I think that I honestly think the two pre-show matches I enjoyed the most out of everything I watched on the entire show. I thought Kosei Fujita versus um, Yano from Noah. The two young boys, the t- time of a draw was fantastic. Yeah, I love the idea of a New Japan versus Noah Young Lion match or Young Boy match too. I I I, I was fascinated by that going in, and I thought it, I I'm with you. I thought it rocked so much. Yeah, um, and then there was a whole lot of nothing. You know, a lot of the tags were just you know, and you had an obvious pin eater in a lot of them, and um, they went into it tied. They went into the semi-main event tied, and then New Japan won both of those matches. So yes. New Japan wasn't going to come out of this splitting or or losing. They were going to come out of this ahead. How about show? He gets a singles match on two Wrestle Kingdom cards, and both of them stink. Yeah, oh my god, did this fucking stink. Yeah, is he just bad? I think he might just be bad now. I don't know. What, what happened here? The gimmick isn't... Uh, this wasn't that gimmick heavy, though, conducive. of a match. It was just a yeah. bad match. No, I agree. Um, you know, because I thought, oh, here we go, we're gonna get a bunch of gimmicks, and then it just was a boring match instead. And I was like, oh. I mean, the one singles match outside of the Young Boys, and it just did not. It didn't. It was just bad. Um, you know, and uh, you know, the tags were what they were. They were nothing special. Um, as far as the main event goes, it didn't give me a feeling that I was watching something special. I, I it just didn't. No. Yeah, um, it, it didn't. Yeah, it, it really didn't. And and I kind of expect. I was thinking, okay, well, you know what? All this other stuff's kind of been fine. And like, I thought the show was okay and pretty interesting. And the crowd was pretty, you know, hot for it. I think. And the the setup wasn't bad. I liked the Yokohama Arena setup. And you know, there there it the entrances felt like bigger than the matches themselves. When everybody got in the ring and you're like, oh man, here we go. You're like, and the bell would ring and it'd just be kind of this ho hum, you know, kind of generic match. And I'm thinking, all right, well, it's all gonna change when this main event happens. And yeah, I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't hit me on that level. It didn't. It didn't feel like anything special. Um, you know, I think some of that was clap crowd. I think some of that was Muto. I hold no reverence for Muto. I don't care about Muto at 55 years old. It doesn't do anything for me. The other thing about Muto is it feels unnatural to have him on the Noah side. 
because he's such a New Japan guy to me. Yeah, it, it's weird. That, yeah, it is very strange that you know he's he's carrying the flag for Noah, and it's like, bro, he's like, like, no, like, you're, you're a New spent, Japan guy. Like, right. I, you were trained by them. You spent most of your career there. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's strange. So, it's a little strange. From that aspect, it does nothing for me. Um, he can barely move. I got you know. Muto in there with Tanahashi was supposed to be like this special thing. No, nah, they were all working half speed thing. around him too, which sucks. Yep. And it's like, and I don't like people selling for him because it doesn't come off. It, it, it breaks my suspension of disbelief when people sell for him. Right. Muto. Okada just went out it's, there a, a week ago and beat Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay in back to back nights. And I yeah. want to believe that, you know, he's. he's and now he's selling for this fucking yeah. dinosaur. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I liked Muto just fine when he was in his prime. He, this 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 run does nothing for me. It just sucks the life out of any match he's in because I'm not interested in him at all, and I don't hold him in any reverence. I want him to just go away, and he and I don't feel like he belongs on the Noah side. So that felt weird. Um, now the closing stretch with Okada and Kiyomiya was very good. I would love a singles match between those two that we're never going to get because that was. I thought an exceptional like three minutes of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Really good stuff. But the rest of this just didn't feel special. And matches like this are supposed to feel like you're watching something unique and special. And holy shit, I want this to last forever. And that didn't give me this feeling at all. The LIJ Congo match was interminably long. I don't need 30 <laughs> minutes of that 10-man tag. Get in. Give me... Give me Shingo and Nakajima. Give me Naito and Kano. Whatever the pairings you want to do. Give me that. And then give me a finish and get me the fuck out. I do not need 30 minutes of this. I don't need 30 minutes of Tarasuke and fucking Bushi. I don't need it. Okay? It was way too long. I'm bored out of my mind watching this match. Um, it was – It was. It, look, the first 10 minutes or so were really cool. You know, and Nakajima says, I'm starting this thing. And then Naito says, I'm starting this thing. And the crowd goes, oh, like, oh, this is going to be a mo-. That was cool. You know, and Shingo tagging in was cool. And Kano being a fucking prick. But why was this so long? That I didn't need. Um, and the rest of the show, I mean, I guess it was cool watching Ogawa mix it up with Saber. I was going to say, so, so my hot take on this, my my hot take on, on the uh, Yokohama Arena thing is that I think Zack Saber Jr. needs to get traded to Noah. Because I think he would rock in Noah. Yeah, I because none of the none of the weird kind of Taichi bullshit stuff. And I like Taichi; he's fine. Like, but that team, it just I, you know what I mean. Like, they're kind of just like I don't know. They, they, it doesn't land. And then on this match, I was just like, yeah, fucking go out there and grapple and just be an asshole. You, you know that I thought that was I thought the stuff that match was my favorite match next to the Young Lion thing because I think they just went out there and they just wrestled. Do you think part of the negotiation was, hey, look, we're coming out ahead 6-4 or whatever it is, but we'll give you Kanemaru and Ishimori on a platter. You can beat them. You think that was part of it? I'm sure. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was pretty telling that those two guys. I mean, it was pretty obvious that those guys were going to take the falls, but I think it was pretty telling that they were the ones. Well, I don't think so. – I well, Kanemaru took the fall. I don't think Ishimori did, but they both lost. So I think it was like, right. we'll give you these guys on a platter, but that could be part of this, but we're winning. Because we're New Japan. So we're coming out on top. Um, yeah, the rest, I mean, did you, was there anything else on here that you particularly got into? I, 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 had a, I struggled getting into this. I thought it was fine, but it didn't – again, nothing felt spe- – it didn't feel special to me. Yeah it, just, yeah, it didn't land with me on the same level that, that I thought. I mean, there was some stuff that I liked about it, but it wasn't like – 
Yeah, it, it didn't hit me on any large level. How about these whiny fucking crybaby diaper filling Noah fans whining about Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton? <laughs> so you got to clue me in on that because I, I listened to the Japanese commentary of this one. So what are they upset about that they didn't know every single aspect of like? Like, okay, we talked about doing homework. Charlton and Kelly did their fucking homework, okay? And they and they may not have been deeply into all of the nuance of everything, but. Uh, you know, some of the Noah fans got annoyed that they felt like Charlton misrepresented the relationship between Nakajima and Kano and all of this. And um, obviously there's tension between Nakajima and Kano, and obviously eventually they're going to split. I mean, we all know this. I mean, can we stop fooling ourselves? But they felt like uh, Kelly and Charlton didn't quite understand all the nuance mm. and all of this and that. And maybe well, they should they be were fucking ashamed split. of themselves. How dare they? <laughs> First of all, I don't even think they were wrong. I thought they nailed right, the dynamic right. perfectly. And then the other thing, they thought maybe they're, you know, in some some instances, the commentary was a little bit biased. Let me tell you something. I they should be. What? Be they should be biased. They should be a little biased. What? Just Are like, they really complaining about that? Are you just kidding? Like, just like Pickering and the other guy should be a little biased yes. when they call the matches. Of course they should. You got it's your whole promotion. Side. Yeah, fuck and, the other promotion. I don't want them cheerleading and being over the top and goofy about it, but you should be. But the commentators that on each side should be happy when their side wins a match. Sure. You know, it's that's this is pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. So you know, there were some piss baby Noah fans. <laughs> Soilings and diapers, oh, classic. Yeah. But um, I thought Kelly and Charlton did a great job. I really did. I thought you know they did their homework. They took it seriously. They prepared. And um, they were up on everything. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think they did a nice job. I don't know when this land. I don't know if Pickering and the other dude are going to do any post-production um, commentary. I'm but, not sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm sorry. But uh, if they do, I'll, I, will, I will check in on that. And I would expect them, too, to do a little Yeah, sure. You got to do a little bit. Yeah. You know? And, I, and, and, and on the same token, I don't expect them to be 100% fucking up on every nuance of every new japan storyline that's not their job their job is noah okay i expect them to do their homework and know the basics and that's all i I, that i want out of them you know so i i thought that that people were treating kelly and charlton very unfair and i thought they did uh a uh, a very good job so uh, but anyway, that was uh, – and it's a shame. I mean, this would have drawn a full house of rabid fans. Oh, it would have been incredible to watch. Yeah, I mean, the, the, any of those invasion angles, like one of the the best thing you can do in Japanese wrestling is a, is a classic invasion angle. And every time you watch it, the crowds go nuts. The matches are usually pretty awesome. The events are a lot of fun. Like, it's one of the easiest wins in Japanese wrestling is, is the, you know, is the invasion angle. Yeah, and it, it's just kind of like – it's just another reminder that, god damn it, like we're not there yet. We're, we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an old school Noah fan, um, my biggest problem with the main is I don't have any fucking connection or reverence for Muto no, I, I'm with I, you. as a Noah fan. I don't. I mean, yeah, and I think that's that's a fundamental thing that I think we and, and people get really mad at us when we're like, yeah, Muto, whatever. It, it's I've kind of been that way, too. Like, I think Muto's fine. But like, yeah, uh, you know, to me, like 
go and listen to what we talked about when Tenru was in his final days and retiring or whatever. You know, that's a guy we held in, in, in high reverence. I mean, there's yeah. there's plenty of guys that will, we held in high reverence. I just have never, I didn't like Mudo growing up and I don't, going back and watching him, I don't really like him and I don't like him now. It's like, I don't know, what do you want me to tell you? Like, well, I, I just, liked him well enough in his prime. It's just the, th- the <laughs> thing with Muto in this scenario, in a Noah versus New Japan show, when I was a big time Noah fan, New, New Japan was the enemy. And like he's from the enemy side. So the dynamic is all screwed up in this main event because I don't associate him with Noah at all. I don't even want him in Noah. To me, he's a fucking invader. Like, go away. Like, him and Anoki can just go, like, fuck off. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I was a Noah guy in those days. Like, that's why I buried Anoki the other night on the Wrestle Kingdom thing. I don't care about Anoki. I never liked Anoki. And I don't want Muto representing Noah. It's weird. It fucked up the whole dynamic here for me. And that maybe that's why. That and the fact that he can't keep up with people who are in their prime and actually good at this is part of the reason the match didn't feel special. I didn't think I was going to be fangs out for this, but I got fired up. We almost got out of this without me. <laughs> Burying Muto and, yeah. and getting mad at old people as, yeah, yeah. you ageist. All right. Um, real quickly, real quickly here. We gotta, we're a little over, but I, we don't have enough to do an overrun, so I'll do this real quickly here. Uh, two things I want to talk about briefly. Uh, Terminus debuting... This weekend on Fight, it's on Sunday. I'm excited at the beginning because commentators are going to be Lenny Leonard and Dave Prezak, so that's already got me excited because those are two of the best to do it. Uh, so that is awesome. Uh, it's a new company from Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black. Uh, they have rules, Joe. Rules. You want to hear about yeah. these rules from Terminus? Yeah. I love this shit. There's people There's people bearing rules in wrestling. I saw people saying, ah, uh, well, then, you know what? Go watch your fucking trashy-ass game changer. Yeah, I saw people be like, ah, why do they need so many rules? Because rules are great in wrestling. Because you know why you have rules? So that heels can break them. Do you know why I have rules? So you have some structure. I love rules. You know why I, I love mean, rules? Listen. Because if, if somebody gave you and I the book, if someone says, hi, I have $8 million, can you guys book wrestling? The first thing you and I would do is sit down and make rules, right? You know, there's different wrestling for different people. And if you want to watch G-Raver go through fucking doors, that's there for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I, I welcome these rules and I, I welcome the first and I welcome the first heel that breaks them. Yes. That's, that's what I welcome. Yeah, it's great yes. stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, we're from the Bill Watts, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, family of, uh, of wrestling fans there. But uh, some matches in Terminus can be won by pinfall, submission, knockout or disqualification uh, unless a suitable or substitute stipulation is agreed upon by the wrestlers in the match. Uh, there will also be five second count outs. That's an interesting one there. I love that. I love it too. Because let's let's brawls. go, let's go. We don't need eight. We don't need nineteen. Like get in the fucking ring. We're not getting crowd brawls. We're not getting any of this outside the ring bullshit. Yep, that was my favorite one. When I saw that, I was like, oh, bravo, because it gives you enough second to collect yourself and then get back in the ring, get back to the fight. So yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, on their first show, somebody needs to lose by count out. They have to. Someone has to get thrown over the top rope. And not getting back into the ring for that five count and lose. They need to establish that right off that, the bat. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is five seconds. Crap. I wasn't used to that. Yeah. And tell people our matches are going to be in the ring because that will set them apart. Absolutely. Love this one, too. Time limits will be strictly enforced with all matches except for championship bouts having a 15-minute time limit. And championship matches will have a 20-minute time limit. All about it. All in. Uh, if a match reaches the time limit, there will be a 90-second overtime period. Wrestlers have to start the overtime period in a neutral position. If there's no winner after those 90 seconds, the match ends in a draw. So we're going to get these frenetic 90 seconds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds of fucking desperation. great. Yeah, yes. that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the I, all in on these. 
rules so far. Uh, disqualifications can be caused by a foreign object use, outside interference, or if a wrestler commits two technical fouls. Little Rashid Wallace here with some with some tease out here. Uh, it's also stated that any weapon usage will result in expulsion from terminus. Thank you, thank you. I am so I Jonathan Gresham must have listened to the show when I said I don't want anybody hitting each other with any fucking trash can lids. I don't want to see a goddamn kendo stick ever. If you use a weapon, you're out of terminus. Don't come back. No doors. No doors. No Set fucking glass. No. Get the fuck Let's... out of here. Go work somewhere else. There's no weapons here. I fucking love it. Let's love it. wrestle. Yeah, God, I love it. Uh, so technical fouls, Joe. You get two of them. They'd be given at the referee's discretion. Throwing opponent over the top rope. That's a T. There you go. But you can do it. You know, and that's two. This is where it's awesome. It can work into the psychology of exactly. the match. Exactly. Where Bill Watts, when he came back to WCW, where he lost sight of it, was doing all this stuff. And like, if you did that, it was a disqualification. If you jumped off the top rope, it was a disqualification. Yeah. Make it, you can do one of those in a match. So if you decide, fuck it, I need to throw this guy over the top rope at this moment because it's going to benefit me, you can yeah. do it. But then you got to be careful the rest of the match. Yep. I love it. So throwing opponent over the top rope. 10 second top rope count. Yeah. Five count on the rope break or the corner break. Again, another great thing to get it. It's worth getting a technical if you can keep the guy in the lock for nine seconds and and then let him go. You know? Right. That's worth it. Uh, Intentional physical contact with a referee. Unfortunately, I do think that one probably will get overused because it's only one T. If you intentionally make physical contact with the referee, which yeah, that one might that <laughs> they might not want to go back to the drawing board there because you could literally just you know one two uh, fuck it and then punch the referee and then he goes all right yeah <laughs> all right pal <laughs> any more shenanigans and you're out of here so yeah so that I one's kind of that one that one's kind of tough as well as intentional low blow and intentional eye gouge so yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of you just go hey, you know what fuck it I'm gonna hit this guy in the nuts all right. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Some of these might want to go to the automatic DQ column. Right, yeah. Intentional low blow might count as, as an automatic DQ, but I love the idea of you just punching the guy in the balls and going, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm done. I'm, I'll be good the rest of the match. I promise. Yeah. Uh, intentional eye gouges. I said fish hooking, intentional hair pulling, spitting, and closed fist punches to the face. Yeah. No Some guys are going to have to learn about that one. Some guys are going to have to relearn themselves on that. It says... Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to Dean Malenko yourself. Remember the, uh, do you remember that WCW? Oh my God, yeah, he wanted to kill that referee. Yeah, I forget what the scenario was. I'm sure it was fucking Nick Patrick or something. It was a, no, it was a stipulation where if you left, the stipulation was if you leave the ring, you lose. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. And in the first minute of the match, he slid out of the ring out of habit to like regather himself (laughs) and they had to ring the bell. I do remember that, yes. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he looked like he wanted to kill the guy. Yeah, that was great. I do remember that now. Yeah. Oh, God. And then, uh, all right. So the card is uh, Teresa Williams and Fred Yehi versus Dante Calabreo and Joe Keys. Here's where it all goes downhill because I don't really like the card. I think there's some okay stuff, but I don't think it's great. I think there's. And we there's... see that some of those prelim ROH guys are going to get some work here because they're right, right, right. trained by Gresham and all of that. Right. I could see these cards getting better in the future, I hope. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll see. Uh, terminal elimination match JDX, Daniel Garcia, Invictus, Cash, and Adam Priest. See, they can't help themselves. We still get a fucking four way or three way or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah. It's a four way elimination match. How do you yeah. have Daniel Garcia and not put him in a one on one match? It's just yeah. so frustrating. I'm with you. Uh, Liza Hall and Janai Kai. Moose versus Mike Bennett. That Moose is replacing... No, Mike Bennett is replacing uh, Alex Coughlin, I think. Yes, yeah. Which w- that would have been a really great match, but yeah. Yeah. 
you know. Uh, Impact Digital Media Champion Jordan Grace. Uh, do not believe the title will be on the line here. Uh, defends against. Oh no, defends. Yeah, so she is defending the title against Kira Hogan. Uh, Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. That one I have circled as as, as probably one to. That'll to def- really, yeah, that'll be really, really great. Uh, ROH World Champion Bandito defends against Baron Black. I don't know what Baron Black did to, to deserve a uh, Ring of Honor World Title match, but he's getting it here. Why is yeah. Bandito defending a title he doesn't hold? Great question. R- it says ROH. Okay, World let me make sure that Terminus actually announced that. I copied this from another website, and they may have fucked up. So let me make sure that they didn't, because you're right. Uh, you know, no, no. It says Bandito to defend his version of the ROH World Title. Oh, so he, because he never lost it in the ring. Yeah, he he's carrying around one still. So, okay. oh, great! We didn't interim just... champions. <laughs> yeah. Circle back to an early discussion with interim champions, uh, and then the other ROH World Champion, Jonathan Gresham, is defending it against Josh Alexander. This isn't confusing for people at all. You know, both guys defending the ROH. Why don't they just wrestle each other for the fucking? I was going to say this might be a good opportunity to to bring that thing together, but. Um... Yeah, so I like the rules. Um, I like Gresham and Alexander. I like Lethal and Moriarty. Most of the other stuff, I, I don't have a super, super. The rest of the card kind of stinks. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, I'm going to obviously watch it. I'm going to give them a chance because I love the rules, uh, and I think it'll be pretty cool. But uh, it's obviously the first show, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I think it's a really cool concept, and and, and I hope. I mean, this, this space needs a company like this, so I, I'm all in on it. People are saying Bandito never vacated in the room. No, ROH had a title <laughs> match. <laughs> With Lethal and Gresham. That means you don't aren't the fucking champion anymore. They didn't say that was an interim match oh, for fucking Gresham God. and Lethal. They said <laughs> this is for the ROH World yes. title. And Jonathan Gresham now is the ROH World Champion. Yes. I don't consider Bandito the ROH World Champion. I consider Gresham the World Champion. How many of these Why? are going to do this because year? This is the ROH Will Ospreay thing. Show. It's the Will Ospreay thing where he's carrying around a title. He says, I'm the champion. Everybody says, you're not the champion. All I know is on an ROH show. They presented a ROH World Title match. Jonathan Gresham won that match, and they gave him the title, and that's how the show ended. Why yes. would I say that Bandito didn't? Bandito's not a champion, so no, I disagree. So hopefully, this show they set up an angle <laughs> where these two guys set up a match, and they just fucking because I I cannot deal with two guys running around claiming they're champion. I've had enough of that shit. If you go to uh, uh, Wikipedia, yeah, it does not say. I wonder if Ring of Honor's website, what does what does ROH Wrestling say uh, in their official? I watched the fucking. I know. Battle. I agree. I'm with you. It's <laughs> their champions. All right. If I click champions, this is ROH World Champion Jonathan Gresham defeated Jay Lethal. Location: Baltimore. Date: 12-11-21. ROH website. Yep. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. Bandito has no claim on the title. None. Now, if he wants to do the Will Ospreay thing and be a fake champ, that's one thing. But you can't tell me they didn't strip him of the title. They had a world title match, and he wasn't in it, and fucking Gresham won. They made no mention of interim on that pay-per-view. You're looking at their website. There's no mention of interim or fucking any of this bullshit. Jonathan Gresham is the ROH world champion. Yeah, I'm 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 fired up about a fake fucking world title <laughs> right. at 10:25 in, in the fucking PM. That's what I am. And this is why we're gigantic dorks. So if we ran a wrestling company, we would have rules, and we would get really upset and never do interim champions because it would it would mean too much to us to have yeah. guys walking around with titles that they don't deserve. So 
All right, so that is that. Uh, we were going to talk about Dragon Gate. I'll real quickly say things are happening in Dragon Gate. Make sure you listen to this week's Open the Voice Gate. Uh, there's double turns. You have not seen it, Joe, so I don't, I don't want to... Uh, have you been spoiled yet or no? No, I didn't watch it. Then you know what? I'll, I'll save it. Watch it. Two nights, back-to-back Horicans, English on. commentary. Yeah. Watch it. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it next week then. Because uh, Open the Voice Gate this week for people that want to listen. They will go into excruciating detail about every one of these matches and every one of these things that have happened. But yeah, units are shaken up. People are changing colors. Guys got skateboards. There's double turns. Things are happening. Your boy, I'm not, I don't even want to spoil it for you, but your boy shows up on one of the shows. Skateboards, you say? Uh huh. And it's not Cora Jade. Cora Jade has not joined Dragon Gate. No. How about Johnny Ace? Did he show up? Uh, you know, I didn't watch all of the one show, so I don't know. But, um, there was another man with a skateboard that I, I was neither of the dynamic dudes. It was neither Shane Douglas nor Johnny Ace. So, all right. So, well, those yeah. are three people who definitely don't know how to skate. <laughs> right. I'm not sure if this man uh, that was carrying the skateboard knows how to skate either. But uh, anyway, that is that. But I don't want to spoil it for you. So go watch Dragon Gate. We'll talk about it uh, next week then because uh, we are completely out of time here. So this has been the Flagship Podcast. FlagshipPatreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. Also VoicesWrestling.com slash Patreon. Joe Vever to remember. Thursday TV Reviews. Big Egg Scrambler, the Yes Movement, so much stuff up there right now. Wrestle Kingdom Live uh, uh, Instant Reactions, so much stuff up there at patreon.com slash voice wrestling and flagshippatreon.com. So that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.